You're tuned in with the Underground Christian Network. Please open up your King James Bibles to Revelation chapter 13, verse 16. Let us read. And he shall cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, that no man may buy or sell, save he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him to half understanding count the number of the beasts, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. You're tuned into the Underground Christian Network, and today we're presenting a message warning you about the rise of 666. We've been doing some investigation recently and come across some things that are rather disturbing. When we read verses like the ones we just read earlier, some people, first of all, get upset because we say, open your King James Bible. The reason why we stress the King James Bible is because of the way it's worded and because it is accurate in the way that it is worded. I want you to notice that it says the mark will be in the right hand or in the forehead. Most new versions have changed that to read the mark will be on the right hand or on the forehead. And this leads us to believe that many unsuspecting people are going to end up taking this technology because they're reading these counterfeit Bibles which tells them the mark is going to be on the skin rather than in the body. The technology we're talking about is not something that's far down the road. It is something that is already here. It's here right now. Not only is it here now, but it is being implemented already. But it's being done quietly. The companies that are putting it together are being very secretive about this technology. They don't want the public to know all the things that this technology can do. And it's about time the lid gets blown off this. We may be able to slow this train wreck down, but we know we're not going to be able to stop it, for the Bible foretells these things will indeed happen. And the world will be plunged into a world of 666 technology where people will not be able to buy or sell unless they have a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. What is this technology we're speaking of? Many of you have never heard of it. It's called RFID, Radio Frequency Identification. These are small microchips that has the ability to do a whole number of things according to their own companies and patents. Some of these chips are so small, they're half the size of a grain of rice, and they're making them even smaller. But even with their small size, they have incredible abilities. Their main ability is to be able to track anybody or anything that they are a part of or connected to. No matter where you go, anywhere in the world, you can be tracked if you have one of these items, which means your freedom is over. If you have one of these items, you can be tracked anywhere you go. The technology is being implemented very quietly by companies like Walmart, Target, and Gillette, just to name a few. They claim that it's for our own good. They claim that it's for inventory control. They claim that it's just another modern version of the barcode. But as you're about to hear in this two-part series, this is no barcode. 
With a barcode, once you scan an item and walk out the door, you still have your freedom and you still have your dignity. But with RFID, scanning it at the register is just the beginning. When you walk out the store, that RFID tag is still with you and it is still turned on. There's nothing that we can do on the outside to stop this machine called RFID. It's very small. You can barely find it even if you knew it was in there. You can't burn it. You can't pour acid on it and destroy it. It is resistant to heat or cold. It is almost indestructible. Once these devices are implemented and Walmart has already demanded that all its merchants, if they're going to sell at Walmart, must place these RFID tags in their products. How come the American people and the world has not been told about this? If we're going to lose our freedom, we're going to go down fighting. We're not going to go down like punks. And this is the number one freedom stealer that is being implemented quietly, behind the scenes. What other things do we know of that these technologies can do? They can record your voice, transmit your voice hundreds of miles away, and you can be listened to. This is admitted by their own makers. They can take your picture and transmit your picture. If you buy an item that has an RFID and you pay for it with your credit card or debit card, they not only know who you are, where you are, where you bought it, what you bought, but they can now have your picture and your voice. Do you want to be tracked like that? Some of you say, well, I don't have anything to hide. What do I care? Really? You have nothing to hide? Then fine. Do us a favor. Take the door off your bathroom and put a camera in there. Let people watch you on the john. You got nothing to hide after all. Put one in your shower. Let people watch you in the shower. After all, you you got nothing to hide. Uh, while you're being intimate with your partner, why don't you put that up on the web so that the world can see that you have nothing to hide? All of us have something to hide. It's our own built-in dignity. And if they're going to be implementing this technology on us, I think you should at least know. The Underground Christian Network, once again, we're sticking our neck out, but doggone it, somebody's got to say something. And we're saying it. We want to thank Pastor Billy Crone. We want to put a link to his website at the Underground Christian Network so you can contact him. And there's various other organizations that are doing what they can to try to fight this. But I got a feeling with the new Democrat Congress that's coming into power and a president that has been so compromised that he's bowing down to their every whim, we may be on the verge of 666 far earlier than any of you could ever think. The technology's already here and it's already being implemented. I had a friend who went to a Phillips 66 outside of Nashville in a place called Hendersonville on Walton's Ferry Road. On every single gas pump was a sticker, and this is what the sticker said. Pay with your finger. More reliable than debit or credit cards. Introducing BioPay. For more information, contact the cashier inside. So the person went inside and asked about what is this BioPay? The system has already been set up. The lady says, well, here's what you do. You bring in a canceled check from your bank. That way we have access to your account. We then scan your fingerprint. Everybody has a unique fingerprint. Once we scan your fingerprint, you are now in the database. 
So when you come in to get gasoline or anything, you simply put your finger on the screen and type in your personal number. And your money is automatically deducted. And you go on about your business. It sounds to me like we're being prepared for the mark of the beast. January 2007. This fellow 66 told my friend, when Walmart picks up this technology, all the other stores are going to follow suit. Ladies and gentlemen, Christian friends, what are you going to do when this technology is implemented full swing? And you can't buy or sell anything unless you put your finger on a machine and type in your personal number. Now, is this the mark of the beast? No, I think it's the next step because the, my Bible says the mark is going to be something that is in the right hand or in the forehead. If that has been the case, this is just one more step toward getting people prepared to accept this. What we're about to present to you is a two-part video series that can be gotten from Pastor Billy Crone. I recommend you get the video because there are things you need to see. You will hear the actual audio from the makers of this technology of exactly what they plan to do, to track every man, woman, boy, and girl from the cradle to the grave. No privacy anywhere you go. Listen to monitored, videotaped, period. And you can't buy or sell unless you have this technology. That is their ultimate goal. Everything from your cell phone you can actually be able to use your cell phone the same way you would use a debit card. I kept wondering in, in times past, why is it that they're almost giving away cell phones? They're so cheap. But then once you get one, you end up in some kind of trap where the bills keep going up and up, and you're being charged for this, and you're being charged for that. Where's all this extra money going? Lo and behold, it's all part of what they had planned to get everybody accepting these cheap phones, and ultimately you will be linked to your phone, and your phone will be used as a way of paying for things, the same way you would with a debit card. Just run your phone across it, and it automatically deducts the money. But ultimately, people learn phones break, phones get lost, phones get stolen. So people will, down the road, be willing to accept having a chip inside of them that will keep track of all their money, inventory, vital signs, and various other things. You'll hear it right from the own company's representatives their own videos, their own promotional videos, their own patents. Ladies and gentlemen, 666 is not down the road. 666 is at the door. Because Pastor Crone paraphrases the Bible during his message, we recommend you follow him with your King James Bible. And thanks for tuning in to the Underground Christian Network.com. About to see is not some science fiction scenario of the future. No, sorry. I'm here to tell you folks, it's present day reality with today's technology, a technology called RFID. And maybe it's just me, and I think maybe after this study, you're going to come to the same conclusion, at least I have. And I really think that this technology is leading towards the development of what the Bible calls the mark of the beast. Don't believe me? Let's take a look at this video, and you tell me yourself. Let's take a look. There is a sensor revolution underway that will soon change the way we interact with the physical world. 
sensors are becoming dramatically smaller, vastly cheaper, and can be wirelessly connected, which means they will be scattered throughout the environment or on any object. What we're trying to do is show that there are a lot of small uh, entrepreneurial efforts in the country that could make an enormous contribution to the war on terror. Let me give you an example. These are a pair of glasses so that if you were a customer coming to a counter at the airlines and you had a preferred card, they could pass that card through. The person wearing this would get a message back within five seconds that you were who you say you are on that card. There's a visual identification. Would you kindly tell me what you're doing in the road? I'm with the help desk. You're lost. You're headed to Fresno. Fresno, right. This is the road to Albuquerque. How'd you know we were lost? The boxes told me. The boxes? RFID radio tags on the cargo. This system, unlike the barcode where you have the same number on every can of Coke, this system would actually create unique individual numbers for every single item manufactured on the planet. Um, that has some pretty serious implications for consumer privacy. Law enforcement could leverage smart license plates to identify stolen cars more quickly and find drivers instantly for traffic violations. Users can also check the status of their car, location, speed, and other performance factors through instant messaging applications or SMS phones. These features are particularly useful to rental agencies or parents of teenage children who are using the car. The Ultra ID Center is uh, three years old now. We're a research project at uh, MIT. Our mission is very simple. We want to create a single global technology that will enable computers to identify any object, anywhere, automatically. To sense the real world on their own for the first time in history. Cats and dogs are way ahead of us in the game of chips. For years, a computer chip has been available to help identify Fluffy or Fido if they're lost and found. Now it's our turn. So how did it go? It's a piece of cake. So uh, there's virtually no pain. And Nate can't wait to beat Chip. I'm ready. And you? I know you're ready. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. I'm looking for a piece of mine. Whoa. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but according to that video, this tracking device called RFID is not only apparently, as you just saw, not just apparently designed to be put on the outside of things, but on the inside of things. And what did you just see? The inside of people, right? Gee whiz, this is crazy. But that's not the half of it, folks. Did you notice the reaction of the people? Talk about crazy there. They were what? <laughs> they were actually excited. They were just incredibly excited about receiving this implant into the bodies, right? I mean, can you imagine that? People actually behaving like that? Well, that's right, folks. For the discerning Christian, it should not be a surprise. Why? Hey, thanks for asking, Valerie. You're on the ball. Because, folks, the Bible informed us a long time ago that there would one day really come on the planet a device that could monitor and control people over the planet. And not only that, but specifically the people of that time would be excited and willing participants to have this device implanted into their bodies just like you and I just saw. We are living in those days. And in case you're wondering, this device is what the Bible calls the mark 
of the beast. But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God. Open your Bibles to uh, Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13. If you find uh, the dictionary, what do you do? Hey, that's right. Sandy, you're on the ball. That's right. Hang a left. That's right. Revelation chapter 13. We're going to read the account here, of course, of the rise of the false prophet. This is during the tribulation time. Jesus and the second coming doesn't come until the end of the tribulation. So the false prophet, he's going to arise, and he's going to uh, do some things on behalf of the beast, the Antichrist. And notice what he gets to do. Not just setting up an image so people worship, and if you don't do that, you die. Minor issue. Yes, I'm being sarcastic. But he, he sets up a device to do something very incredible. And you tell me, folks, if this isn't happening before our very eyes. Revelation chapter 13. Let's read verses 11 through 17. Here's what it says. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, the false prophet, who had two horns like a, a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. He exercised all the authority uh, on behalf of the first beast on his behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. And because of these signs, he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast. He deceived the inhabitants of the earth. It's a planetary thing, folks. He ordered them to set up uh, an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. He was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to what? To be killed. Get this. Here's the point. He also forced the second thing. Forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead, literally in, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast, the Antichrist, or the number of his name. Now, folks, hello, right there, according to our text, I think it's pretty clear. The Bible says that in the last days, prior to Jesus Christ's return, that a false prophet would arise on the planet and deceive the whole world, not just in worshiping the Antichrist, but also the secondary thing was what? He would deceive them into receiving some sort of mark in their bodies, specifically in the right hand or the forehead, as a sign of their devotion or worship, right? But that's not all. What did it say? This specifically, talk about specifics. This mark had the ability to literally control whether or not somebody could buy or sell something on the whole planet, right? Isn't that amazing? But not only that, folks, well, if that wasn't bad enough, what did it say would happen to those if you refused to take this mark? It said, obviously, you would not only be shut out of the world's economic system, you couldn't buy or sell, and then, therefore, hello, you would starve to death. But what did it say? Unless you worship the Antichrist, unless you took this mark, that you would be put to death, Right? You wouldn't starve to death, you would be put to death. But come on, here's the point. Can this really happen? And plus, put yourself in the Apostle John's shoes, who's writing Revelation, inspired by God, the Holy Spirit, okay, to pin this down for us, nearly 2,000 years ago. Imagine from his point of view. I mean, how could one guy, one guy, appear and control and monitor everything on the planet, okay? And how could he pull that off? I mean, surely, this is something that's still way off in the far future, right? Are you kidding, people? I'm here to tell you that this ability for one person to control and monitor the whole planet is not reserved for some far-off future. I'm here to tell you it's right here today before our very eyes, and it's in something, a new technology on this thing called RFID. RFID. And therefore, the question I have for you this morning today is this, folks. What in the world is RFID? Is it really man's greatest invention? Or people, are we seeing before our very eyes today the development of the mark of the beast? 
Well, hey, great question. You guys are on the ball. I can just step over here and you guys can start preaching. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, so we're going to take a look at three things to answer that question. What is RFID? Is it really man's greatest invention as the proponents of it are saying? Or is it preparing the mark of the beast? We're going to take a look at three things. And the first thing we're going to look at is the definite concern <clears throat> excuse me, of RFID. There is a definite concern. What in the world is this technology? And why should we be concerned about it? Hey, thanks for asking. But that's going to lead us to the second part, and that's the dangerous uh, deployment of RFID. Um, what do they plan on doing this? Not only that, what are they doing with it right now? And most people still have no idea uh, of it at all. But then finally, of course, we're going to take a look at the third thing, the dark future of RFID. And specifically, are they really developing this to start implanting people to monitor and control literally down to what we can buy or sell? Uh-huh. But we'll take a look at that towards the tail end of our series. So as you guys can see, hello, there's no time to waste. Let's get started, okay? The first thing we need to do, if we're going to answer this question, if RFID, if it's man's greatest invention, or if it is, in fact, leading to the mark of the beast, is we need to look at the definite concern. The definite concern. Let's take a look, folks, at the definite concern. And the first definite concern I have is what in the world this technology can do. Okay, let's take a look at what this thing is, because half of you probably watching this, you still have no stinking idea what in the world RFID is, even though it's going to change the planet before our very eyes. Let's take a look, folks, at what is RFID and what it can do. Well, first of all, let's take a look at the definition. First of all, RFID stands for Radio Frequency Identification, and it's a new technology out that uses tiny microchips on or in things called RFID tags to store information about things as well as track them from a distance. And it's able to do this, to track them, because it uses radio waves to communicate this information over distances to some sort of a computer device. And since an RFID tag uses radio waves to beam its information, it also means that, just like a normal radio wave, folks, it can do so and beam this information right through wood, windows, walls, wallets, purses, clothing, backpacks, anything. I even heard some of it that they can even do it through bricks. Okay? So how does it do that? Thanks for asking, Whitey. You're just incredible today. That's right. Well, again, folks, just like radio waves uh, have an antenna to broadcast, right? We all know it's very similar, uh, a familiar technology. So does the RFID tag. These antenna are made up of a tiny flat metallic coil that looks kind of like a miniature maze or a tiny racetrack. You see the picture right there. And it's through these antenna that RFID tags either beam their information or uh, to or have it retrieved by a device called a reader. Well, what in the world is a reader? Well, thanks for asking. That's our next slide there, as you guys can see. This reader, or scanner, is simply what it is. It's simply a device that scans or picks up the information off the RFID tag. And it can be likened to simply, it's really simple to understand, folks, really, to a radio in your home or in your car that picks up the radio waves through the air, even though you don't see them, right, from a music station, and that enables you to listen to the music that's being played and broadcast, right? Okay, it's the same thing. In the case of the RFID tag, this reader... Okay, also receives broadcasted radio waves, but not from a music station, but from the broadcasted information that is stored on the RFID tag. And this information can include uh, such things as the location of a person or item, specifics of an item such as price, color, uh, data purchase, environment conditions, temperature, or even bodily functions, just to name a few. Wait till we get to the medical usage of these tags. It's going to freak you out. And it's after receiving this information from the RFID tag that the reader then sends it on to a computer or some computing device for processing. In fact, these readers, okay, to read these tags, come in a wide variety of sizes, okay? With some of them, they could be, like you can see on the top picture there, mounted stationary 
beside a conveyor belt or in a factory or in the dock doors of a warehouse or the entry doors into a business or something. Or they can even be made portable, as you see in the bottom there, with a handheld device. Okay, so what about the tags themselves? Thanks for asking. Once again, you guys are on the ball. You must be reading my notes. Just as the RFID readers come in different sizes and serve different functions, so do the RFID tags. Some tags are what's called an active tag, meaning that it has its own battery source that gives it the active power to beam its information to a reader over long distances. But other tags are called passive, meaning they don't have a battery inside of them and are hence passive in that they require energy from the reader to get its information off of it. And it's these active or passive differences in the tags, here's the whole point, that determine what's called the read range or the distance the tag can information, okay? For instance, the read range of a passive tag, the one without the battery, can be anywhere from only a few inches or up to even 20 to 30 feet away. That's all the closer you have to be to get the information off the tag. However, an active tag, the one with the battery, can send a signal, some of them up to a mile or more away, and in some cases can even transmit their information all the way to low-orbiting satellites. Whoa! But that's not all. Let's take a look at the sizes, folks. Believe it or not, one of the most amazing attributes of RFID tags, it's not just the storing of information and being able to beam it to a distance. It's in their tiny size as well. For instance, one of the smallest tags made by Hitachi is called the Moo Chip. That's, isn't that cool? You notice it's not the chicken chip, it's the Moo Chip. Whatever, wrong spelling, M-U. Moo Chip. And it's only half the size of a single grain of sand. You can see the picture of that itself. No, that's not a dust mite. That's not the guy trying to clean his house. That's the little chip there on his finger. That's all the bigger it is. And that thing can monitor you uh-huh, and things all over the planet. In fact, folks, here's a video clip showing just how small and just how fast they can produce these tiny little monitoring devices called RFID. Let's take a look. It's from a group, no pun intended, it's called Alien Technology. Let's take a look. Welcome to Alien Technology, Center for the Development and Exploitation of Fluidic Self-Assembly. In here are thousands of 350 micron in a side nanoblocks. These nanoblocks are the approximate size of the nanoblocks that we're designing for RFID application. What you're looking at here is serial number one of the world's first fluidic self-assembly machine. This machine has the ability to assemble two million nanoblocks per hour. This 55,000 square foot facility, when fully facilitized, which will only take another two or three years, will be capable of producing 80 billion RFID per year. We worked very closely with our partners, like UPM RAFSEC, to figure out exactly what we could really do. And at about 10 billion tags per year, that's sufficient volume to be able to drive the cost of the tag down to about a nickel. Today, transponders are produced at a rate of thousands or tens of thousands per hour. We need to move to a level where we're producing or capable of producing millions and millions per hour. We're investing large amounts of money right now to develop the processes and the technologies which will enable us to meet the requirements of the auto ID vision and the vision of the consumer products companies. It will take a little time, but we're certain that we will hit our goals. Whoa. 
I bet you they hit their goal. But not only that, folks, I don't know about you, but those things are not only tiny as you just saw, but man, can they crank those things out or what? Eighty billion a year is their goal, and as you're going to see later, it's going to be a whole lot more than that because they really want to cover the whole planet with these things. I'm not making this up. You will hear it for yourself. But that's not all, folks. Because of the tiny size of RFID tags, they can not only be placed on the outside of an object, but on the inside, totally out of sight, absolutely hard to detect. In fact, RFID tags are generally maintenance-free, but last almost indefinitely, and are resistant to harsh conditions like dirt or dust or moisture, and are able to withstand corrosive chemicals such as acid and survive, get this, temperatures up to 400 degrees Fahrenheit and more. But that's still wrong, folks. Let's take a look at the uses of RFID tags. Pay attention, folks. Believe it or not, with its unique abilities to store and or receive information and beam it over distances, okay, and be so tiny that companies are literally, I'm not making this up, literally planning on placing RFID tags on all products worldwide to provide an instant and continuous monitoring of product location, tracking of inventory, and management of the entire global consumer supply chain. Don't believe me? Let's take a look, folks, at this next video clip from these companies showing the supposed incredible power, monitoring power, of RFID tags. And you tell me if they don't have plans to take this thing global on every product. You'll hear it for yourself. Let's look. The time factor plays a key role in the process of getting a product from its manufacturer to its point of sale, because time is money. RFID, radio frequency identification, is a new technology that significantly increases the efficiency of this process chain. With RFID, Data are transferred without physical contact. In addition, RFID helps positively identify shipping units. In an instant, valuable information is recorded and utilized on an international scale. This example demonstrates how it functions in practice. The process chain begins with production and continues by way of a central warehouse onto the retailer. In the manufacturer's warehouse, goods are prepared for distribution to retailers. Without RFID, order picking of mixed pallets for delivery to department stores or supermarkets can be extremely time-consuming. Why? Because it requires a whole series of individual steps, most of them manual. In future, processes that now have to be carried out by hand will function automatically based on RFID. The key is the RFID transponder, which can be affixed to boxes and pallets as early as the production stage. Communication between transponders and RFID readers is fully automatic. They practically do the work by themselves. Readers installed at various points in the sorting and order picking process register the electronic product codes stored on the transponders the moment they come into range. The fully automated reader registers the relevant information as goods enter the gate. The data are transferred directly to the merchandise management system. A single reader is capable of registering up to 40 RFID transponders in one second. This can mean time savings of 10 minutes for each truck, a major plus in cost effectiveness because the merchandise reaches its destination much faster and both manpower and means of transport are utilized more efficiently. 
In the warehouse, forklifts and high shelves will be equipped with RFID technology, which will automatically indicate to the operator the storage position of each product. When the employee sorts the goods into the correct place, confirmation is given via touchscreen monitor. If he or she selects the wrong place for the product, an error is indicated. This way, RFID helps ensure that the goods are always in the right places, and taking inventory is as simple as pushing a button. RFID tags indicate where each product belongs. This enables the hanger goods sorter, for example, to transport the merchandise to its intended destination. The faster the goods leave the warehouse, the more efficient the process. RFID allows trade and industry companies to track goods, the path they take and their location at any given time throughout the supply chain from anywhere in the world. Whoa. I don't know, maybe it's just me. But I think I just heard the guy say, from anywhere in the world. How about you? But that's right, folks. That's an all. Let's continue with the uses. Believe it or not, folks, using RFID tags to track the entire supply chain around the entire world. It's just the tip of the iceberg. With this unique ability to store and or receive information that can then be beamed over distances, RFID tags can and are already being used for hundreds, if not thousands, of applications, such as, these are the current usages, folks, whether you realize it or not, as preventing theft of automobiles, collecting tolls without stopping, managing traffic, gaining entrance into buildings, automated parking, controlling access to getting communities, corporate campuses, and dispensing goods, providing skilless access, tracking library books, buying hamburgers, and even automated instant store checkouts, replacing the need for a cashier, just to name a few. But that's still not all, folks. Let's take a look. Here's the concern, the difference of the RFID text. Pay attention to this, folks. It's obvious to anyone, if you've been paying attention thus far to what you've seen, and we're just at the tip of the iceberg, folks, that these amazing global tracking abilities of RFID tags make them drastically different than today's barcodes. Yes! This is what many in the industry are still saying. This is a common mantra to qualm the fears of the public. They continually say that RFID tags, come on, they're really a souped-up version of the barcode system. There's nothing to worry about, right? Oh, by the way, notice the picture there? I love that. But anyway, really? Nothing to worry about? Well, folks, anyone hello who does their homework can see that RFID tags differ greatly from today's barcodes. First of all, the codes stored on the RFID tags are long enough that every single RFID tag has its own unique serial number, while the current barcodes are limited to a single code for all. For instance, let me give you an example. With today's barcodes, every can of Coke has the same barcode number as every other can of Coke. Therefore, a can of Coke in Sacramento has the same number as a can of Coke in Saudi Arabia. Okay, but with RFID, folks, each individual can of Coke would have its own individual unique ID number, which can then be linked to the person buying it when they use their credit uh, or debit or frequent shopper card. And not only that, because of its tracking ability, here's the point, tracking ability, this individual ID number on the individual product that's now tied to the individual person Buying it can now be tracked as it moves with the person from location to location, meaning you can track that person. Secondly, unlike the barcode, as we saw before, these RFID tags can not only be embedded and hidden in things, but they have no need of, for line of sight like the barcode. You know, you've got to be right in front of that thing, and it's got to be nice and smooth, and it can't be scratched. They don't have a need for that with RFID because they use the radio waves, okay? For instance, RFID tags can be read not only from a distance, 
Go right through your clothes, your wallet, whatever. In fact, whole areas can be scanned for RFID tags, including the people who are wearing or carrying them, whether they realize it or not. And keep in mind, this can all be done what? Without your knowledge and without your consent. And it can be done by anybody, folks, with the right kind of reader device, giving them a kind of x-ray vision to spy on you. How? By the things you're wearing and carrying through the tags, and as we shall see, to track you wherever you go. And folks, I don't know about you, maybe it's just me, but that's not at all like today's barcodes. How about you? Uh Uh-huh. But you might be thinking, come on. Come on, man. They never use RFID tags on stuff to to monitor and track us. I mean, that's, that's crazy, right? Well, folks, don't listen to me. Listen today for yourself in this next video clip. You tell me if they're not planning on, not just tracking products, but people who have those products or touch them. Watch this with your own eyes. Lost, stolen, or misplaced equipment and inventory is an expensive problem for many organizations today. Accenture Technology Labs developed the perceptive monitoring prototype to show how a number of sensing technologies can work together to make facilities themselves smart and enable businesses to better track valuable assets. Many companies today are exploring how radio frequency identification, or RFID tags, can be used to improve a variety of business functions. We believe as sensors and tags become cheaper, pilot commerce applications will evolve to employ many types of sensors in addition to RFID, just as humans use sight and hearing together to understand the environment around them. Accenture developed a perceptive monitoring prototype to show how an integrated set of sensors can be used to achieve an accurate and intelligent tracking system. Accenture designed perceptive monitoring to track assets at one of their R&D labs. Say someone needs to use a particular piece of technology for a workshop. Perceptive monitoring records who is taking the item by reading the information encoded on his employee badge. Sensors located on the cabinet record exactly what item is being removed and when. A camera and face recognition software also record the event. This is particularly useful since employees don't always wear their identification badges. A microphone notes any conversations taking place during the item's removal. The prototype captures all this information and summarizes it in an easy-to-use report. When someone needs to locate a piece of equipment, perceptive monitoring indicates that it was borrowed earlier today. If the borrower was not wearing an identification badge, the image allows you to see who removed the item from the cabinet. Imagine the benefits perceptive monitoring could bring to a hospital environment where equipment is borrowed and moved around continuously. Face recognition software could help to determine if hospital employees are following proper procedures. Similar advantages could be realized in plant and warehouse facilities to track the location of costly, specialized assets and how often they're being used. High-end retailers could track the location of expensive inventory and ensure proper procedures are followed when items are removed from their cases. Accenture's perceptive monitoring prototype demonstrates how companies can make significant savings by using multiple sensing technologies to better manage inventory, locate lost items, or even eliminate the need to replace them. This prototype is part of Accenture's vision of the future, in which virtual and real worlds cooperate, allowing people to optimize physical assets as never before. At Accenture, we call this Reality Online. Reality Online? I don't know about you guys, but I call that the reality 
of being trapped. And what do they call that? Perceptive monitoring? Excuse me, I call that person monitoring. Hello. And gee, folks, it does appear to me that companies really are planning on using RFID to not just track products, but people as well. You saw it for yourself. It all ties together, folks. And remember, here's the point. Because RFID tags are so tiny, they can be hidden and sewn into seams of clothes, sandwiched between layers of cardboard, molded into plastic or rubber, even in your shoes, and we'll get to that later, and integrated into consumer packaging, making it extremely hard to even find them, if you even knew they were there. How, could, how do you know where they're at? You don't. That's the problem. In fact, this technology is evolving so fast, folks, and has become so sophisticated that right now, RFID tags can be even printed, and meaning that the dot on a printed letter I can be used to track you. Can you believe that? The dot on a printed letter I could be the actual RFID tag there tracking you. And you have no idea. But that's not all, folks. Therefore, as you can see, folks, it could very well soon be next to nearly impossible to know whether or not a product or package contains an RFID tag and thus whether or not we're actually being tracked. But that's not all, folks. Let's take a look at the history of the tags, okay? Here's the point. Even though RFID tags are still relatively new to most people, and some of you watching or listening to this, you, this is blowing you away. You've never even heard this before. The technology of RFID, though, it's not new, okay? Its roots stem as far back as World War II and the development of radar. And from there, during the 50s and 60s, lots of experiments were done with RFID. But the explosion of applications began to take off in the 70s and 80s, okay? It was here that RFID technology found its way into electronic identification systems, factory automation, and what? Animal tracking. They'd never do that with people, would they? Hey, why do you stop being sarcastic? Yes, animal tracking systems, to name just a few. But it wasn't until the 90s, folks, that RFID tags truly began to take off with their usage in electronic toll collections. This is what really got it going popular, such as EasyPass, where vehicles equipped with an RFID tag could pass through a toll collection at highway speeds, unimpeded by a toll plaza or barriers, and have the fee automatically deducted from their account. Then, RFID became even more popular when the auto industry began to use it in car keys to control engine starting or vehicle access. Many of you guys already have that today. It's utilizing RFID technology. Then various financial institutions, they picked up on RFID and embedded it into cards and other things like little key fobs and other things like that to automate the purchase of gas or other items. We'll get into that later, specifically how it ties into the buy or sell. Ooh, where have I heard that before? Hey, that's right, Revelation. And today, what's helping fuel this mad dash usage of RFID in all things all over the globe is not only the planned usage, folks, from some of the biggest retailers and industries around the world, but specifically what's helping fuel it are the mandates from Walmart right now, from Walmart and the United States Department of Defense, requiring that all their suppliers are to have RFID tags on all their shipments right now. Okay, And since there are hundreds of suppliers come from all over the world, these mandates for RFID tags are having a global effect. In fact, Walmart recently said that they are on track to have this technology, RFID, at 13 distribution centers and up to 600 stores by October 2005. Oh, wait a second. That's already passed, hasn't it? How many guys knew that? Uh-huh. And more than 1,000 stores and clubs and distribution centers are using RFID tags by the end of this year, 2006. 
And speaking of global effects, folks, RFID technology has grown so much so fast that there's an actual organization called EPC Global that really is determining, hence global, determining the international standards for the use of RFID in the identification, get this, of any and every item in the entire supply chain anywhere at any time in the whole wide world. And not so surprisingly, folks, the board, the people behind who are funding EPC Global includes representatives from Gillette, Procter & Gamble, Walmart, Hewlett Packard, Johnson Johnson, Checkpoint Systems, Auto ID Labs, just to name a few, a bunch of government institutions as well. As we shall see, folks, these and many other huge corporations and government agencies are actually envisioning a day. I'm not making this up. You're going to see it from their own lips here in a second. When every day, this is what their vision is, when, when one day every single item, product, and person on the face of the planet is being tracked with RFID. But you might say, hey, come on, man. Now you really go off the edge, man. I'm telling you, somebody must have ate, was eating chicken and they got too close to the fumes got all over you or something. You're all messed up, right? Wrong, folks. This is serious. These people really are serious about identifying and tracking any and every uh, item on the globe. They really are, okay? I mean, I know it's got to be the craziest thing I've ever heard is what you're saying, okay? But don't listen to me, folks. Crazy or not, listen to these people for yourself in this next video clip. Straight from the horse's mouth, you tell me that they're not planning on tracking everything on the globe. Let's take a look. It's very, very exciting to take something that was apparently impossible and make it possible. What I find extremely exciting about this is that it's a revolution which comes very silently. Our goal is to connect computers to the real physical world, to the mechanical world. The fundamental capability of having your, your machines sense the world around them opens the door on a whole new world of possibility. The end game of the Auto ID Center is to have one common set of standards that are based on end user needs that can be applied ubiquitously around the world. The key contribution of the MIT Auto ID Center is the realization that everything can be labeled with tolerably small amounts of data on the label. It's the beginning of a new journey the journey to understand what comes next after the barcode. The electronic product code is a numbering system. It's kind of like an internet uh, protocol IP address on your computer, except that here we're trying to number not just computers, but inanimate objects. Something like P&G and Unilever sell products in Asia, in Europe, in America, South America. So for them, it's really important that there is one single system that they can use everywhere in the world. For me, I'm excited because we might be fundamentally changing the way in which not only manufacturing today operates, but we might, we might actually be redefining the entire manufacturing supply chain full stop. It's like suddenly something new is possible in the world, and that's very, very exciting. As is bringing together all these diverse companies and having them work together as a team. As a world market leader for Silicon Solution or FIT Philips would like to be part of creating a new market for billions of chips in the retail supply chain. There aren't many technologies that have the opportunity to revolutionize the way you do business. This is one of them. Basically, what we are working on is in developing RFA applications. In particular, this is a smart shelf, which primarily is used for real-time inventory and out-of-stop prediction. And at the same time, it also predicts when somebody is trying to steal something from the shelf. Each one of these packets have a unique tag on them. So I'm going to take three products off the shelf. And if I actually 
see this SLS, what you're seeing is actually it is taking a picture of me as I'm stealing the blades of the shelf. The system is watching me. We are very excited about the potential that this technology is going to have for us as we look over this deployment. This technology is no longer in the discussion stage or the far out stage. This is something that will be happening and will be happening in the relatively near future. This is not a question of if, this is a question of when. This will replace the barcode. There's no doubt in our mind, auto ID will become a reality and probably faster than what anyone really believes. So we are absolutely committed to getting involved with the auto ID lab and the process and the technology now. Automatic identification for business is very powerful. It is a sense more powerful than sight. Um, real time, all the time, always on, always accurate. It's a big dream to think that there will be an RFID reader on every shelf of the, of the universe or this world to start with. The Ultra ID Center is uh, three years old now. We're a research project at uh, MIT. Our mission is very simple. We want to create a single global technology that will enable computers to identify any object anywhere automatically to sense the real world on their own for the first time in history. This is not a small thing. This is as significant a technology as certainly the internet, possibly the invention of the computer itself. Now folks, I don't know about you, but it really does appear to me what I've seen thus far, and hopefully you if you're paying attention, that this new technology called RFID really not only has the ability to monitor and control products all over the world, but as we've just seen, to monitor and control people and track them who are carrying those products all over the world, right? But that's not all, folks, unless you think this is, again, some sort of wacky conspiracy theory, okay? You just saw, you just heard for yourself, okay? That's precisely what these corporations are trying and planning on doing, right? They're going to track everything on the globe. You just heard from yourself, from several of them. And maybe it's just me, folks, but I'm kind of thinking that's something to be just a little bit concerned about. How about you? But that's an all, folks. That brings us to the second definite concern of RFID, not just what this technology can do. <laughs> what we're seeing the beginning of it, folks, you're starting to uh, hopefully track along with me. The second concern is what these corporations will do with this technology. But here's the problem, folks. The moment you try to confront the industry with your definite concerns about this new technology that they will be using, you heard them say it, folks. This will be happening in the very near future a lot sooner than people think. You heard it from your, straight from the horse's mouth. But every time you try to do that, they come back with these onslaught of excuses and say, come on, there's nothing to worry about. These people who are saying there's dangers in RFID, they're just alarmists. There's nothing to be afraid about, nothing to be concerned, right? Really? Well, folks, I don't know about you. Let's take a look at their excuses they're giving, the rationales why we don't need to be afraid. And you tell me if there's nothing at all to be concerned about when you hear for yourself from their mouth what these corporations are planning to do with this technology. We began a journey in looking at three things uh, to answer that question, and the first one was, hello, the definite concern of RFID. And the first definite concern we had with it, hello, was what in the world this technology can do. There's some serious concern with that. And if you were tracking with us, we saw, hello, a couple things about uh, RFID. We saw, of course, the definition of RFID, the readers of RFID, the types and sizes of RFID, the uses and differences. Hello, it is nothing at all like they're saying. Uh, like 
like the barcode, it is totally different. And finally, we saw the history of RFID. And we began to see how well this has been around for quite some time. But not only that, it's really starting to take off. And it's going to change the planet. And hardly anybody knows what it is. And it was based on that information. We just took a look at the facts, folks. Is that it was clear that this new technology called RFID not only has the ability to monitor and control the products all over the world, but what? We saw it really has the ability to monitor and control the people who buy those products all over the world, right? And folks, I don't know about you, we saw there, this wasn't some sort of wacky conspiracy theory, right? Hello, you saw, you heard from yourself, the actual clips, the actual words from the corporations themselves, that this really is what they are planning on doing right now. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of thinking that's a little bit of a definite concern. How about you? Hey, that's right. You guys are on the ball. You guys, uh, you're just incredible. That's right. But that's right. You know me too well. I'm still going, so there's got to be more. And there is. This brings us to the second definite concern about this uh, RFID technology. And not just what this technology can do, but more importantly, what these corporations will do. People, as we saw last time, the problem is this. The moment you try to confront the industry who's wanting to push this RFID about your concerns over it, what they usually do is they come back with these lame excuses as to why, hey, man, there's nothing to fear. There's no need to be afraid. It's not as bad as these uh, advocates and these alarmists are trying to make it, okay? Don't worry about it. Really? Folks, this is what we're going to do on this video. We're going to take a look at their excuses. One, you tell me if they're not lame, okay? A series on the lame there, Lamosaurus Rex, okay? But two, you tell me if, in fact, there really is nothing to be concerned about of what these corporations plan on doing. Let's take a look at what they plan on doing. And hell, well, the first lame excuse, folks, is they say this. Hey, hey, don't worry. People can't get that close to scan the tags. Don't worry about it. And, folks, let's take a look at that uh, lame excuse. This one, folks, seems to be one of the most often repeated mantras of the industry trying to explain away our concerns over RFID. They repeatedly say something like this. Hey, don't worry. We're just using the short-range passive tags. And, hey, man, therefore, it's unrealistic to think that people are going to get scanned wherever they go because you'd have to be extremely close to do so. Really? Well, first of all, folks, yes, as we saw last time, passive tags, or those without a battery, do have a shorter read range than the battery-powered active tags. But as we saw earlier in the previous video, engineers are working right now overtime, big time, making much success in developing inexpensive batteries for the long-range active tags, meaning that their price is coming down fast. Hello! Therefore, since active tags are more desirable due to their long read range abilities, this reduction in price can enable them to soon replace the currently inexpensive passive tags they're using, meaning you don't have to be close to them at all. Why? Because if you recall from last time, folks, some active tags have a read range of a mile or more. Some can even transmit their information to low-orbiting satellites. Hello! And unless you're an extremely very tall person, or you just make a habit of living out in space, you don't have to be close. <laughs> Stop and think about it. But secondly, folks, even if the industry sticks with the short-range passive tag, okay, with only, and the, the passive one with only just a few inches, people get close to each other. Think about it. In public places all the time that would enable them to scan others at will. For instance, folks, look at a picture. This happens all the time. People get close to each other in grocery lines, on the buses, the subway, at movies, restaurants, sporting events, shopping, etc. And since we've already got a whole group of criminals who prey on getting close to you and I in order to steal something called what? Pickpockets, right? They're commonplace. Hey, it's not hard to imagine, then, how this common closeness could develop into a whole new technological breed of criminals. Today, we got pickpockets. Maybe tomorrow, folks, we're going to have scan pockets, right?
And, but again, finally, folks, even if the industry sticks with these short-range passive tags, not all passive tags have a small lead range. As we saw in the last video, folks, they can have a range, yes, from just a few inches, okay? But you can still get close to people all the time. But they also got a range up to what? Up to 30 feet, giving people plenty of room to scan them from a distance. We can't get that close to be scanned? Folks, I don't think so. That's a lame excuse. But that's right. That's not the only one. The second lame excuse, in my personal opinion, that's right, uh, is people won't get uh, their own personal scanners, okay? People won't get their own personal scanners. Don't worry about it. Really? Let's take a look at the facts. This is another common reply to the industry in that scanners or readers for RFID tags, they're just way too expensive. And therefore, only companies and businesses will be using them. So come on, public. There's no need to fear being scanned while you're out and about by the average Joe for invasive purposes. Because scanners aren't going to be that commonplace. They're way too expensive, right? Well, folks, let's take a look, okay? Well, yes, some scanners are still, at this time of this recording, quite expensive. The prices for scanners, just like the prices for the RFID tags, are dropping as fast as the uh, technology continues to take a hold. But secondly, right now, folks, you don't have to wait for a reduction in price. Right now, companies already have produced low-cost RFID readers for the average person. For instance, check it out for yourself, folks. You can right now buy a computer program called RF Dump heavy on the dump there, that's right, which will allow anyone to read and what? Reprogram the data on the tag. That's a whole other issue we don't have the time to get into. Not just read it, folks, you can change the information on that. How would you like that to happen if that was in your passport or some sort of identification card that we're going to see later that is coming down the pipe? Ooh, dangerous. Hey, but that's not all. Is this a program, our dump, was developed by a guy named Lucas Grunwald, there he is right there in the picture, who said that, actually that's not him, that's a picture of him, but anyway, who said that consumers can use his program, get this, to detect RFID tags and protect themselves. Sounds great. Thanks, Lucas. The only problem was, as Lucas admitted, well, gee whiz, it also means that others could use it for uh, criminal purposes. <laughs> but that's right, folks. Just in case you're one of those guys, you don't know how to install a computer program, right now you can get a, right now, folks, you can get a PC card that turns your PDA into an RFID scanner that sends the information to any Windows-based application. And just like the RFI, uh, RF dump program, folks, this PDA scanner also has the ability not just to read, but to encode or put information on the tag. In fact, St. Clair Hospital in Pittsburgh has already been using the devices to enable their nurses to use their PDAs to scan patient RFID tags for identifying the patient or for the administration of medicine. Well, that's right. Maybe you're one of those folks who don't like carrying around a personal digital assistant all the time. I, I had to spell that out for those who are not hooked on acronyms, PDA. But anyway, that's right. Hey, that's right. Good news, folks. Now you can use your cell phone to read RFID tags. Right now, the world's largest cell phone provider, Nokia, has developed an RFID phone reader that enables you to scan RFID tags remotely and transmit the data via your cell phone. That's one of the models. It's called an accessory. You can buy it today. Which, by the way, folks, one of the envisioned purposes they stated is to use this phone to scan people and their belongings as they walk past on the street. How could you do that if the tags aren't still on it? Yeah, wait till we get to that lame excuse a little bit. In fact, folks, it appears that many in the industry further envision a time when cell phones coupled with this kind of technology will become a kind of universal remote control as is seen and admitted in this following video clip. Let's take a look. Imagine using your cell phone to buy a can of cola from a vending machine without making a call or using a mobile communications network. In a project called Bluetooth Mobile Service Link, Accenture has explored just such a scenario. From somewhere near the vending machine, it senses the phone's unique ID and pushes a menu to the screen. 
If the person's thirsty, he can simply choose from a list of drinks. Since the vending machine is connected to the Internet, the purchase can be charged directly to an account with a third-party payment provider, such as QPath, which is then consolidated into a monthly bill. Now imagine having the same convenience when shopping for groceries or paying a fee at a parking lot. This is all possible as Bluetooth becomes widely available. Uh, cell phones will turn into universal remote controls. What? What did you say there? That's right, cell phones will turn into universal remote controls. And we ain't seen the last of it, folks. Wait till we get to the uh, economic section of what they're going to do with uh, RFID and money. Wait till you get to that. But anyway, that's not all, folks. Uh, if the cell phone's just way too bulky for you, then right now you can even get a bracelet. <laughs> That acts as an RFID reader. We get this, man. Researchers from MIT have developed a hands-free, eyes-free system that allows people to find information about what? RFID objects. The system, check it out for yourself, is called Reach Media, and it consists of a bracelet that reads RFID tags in the object the person is holding. It also uses a cell phone to connect to the Internet and play sounds when the objects are recognized, as well as provides audio information about the object in hand. All from the tag. But that's right. For those of you who, you've got a lot to scan in a short amount of time. That's right. We're here to help you out. At least this company is. A South African company has recently come out with what's being called RFID radar. Get this, man. This reader has the ability to scan a whole area just like a radar and detect both active and passive RFID tags simultaneously. And because it acts like a radar, this device can scan both kinds of tags from a whole crowd of people, allowing them to locate objects quickly and accurately. And what makes this reader doubly unique, folks, is as we saw earlier, in previous readers, the read range of passive tags, yes, can be as low as a few inches, but up to 30 feet, okay? But get this, because this has got the, a powerful uh, device, okay, that sends out a bigger frequency, a stronger uh, power to pick up the tag, this device can scan current passive tags over tens of feet, get this, and will soon reach over the 300-foot range with what? The passive tags. The ones they say, don't worry, you got to get so close. <laughs> oh, and by the way, their goal is to have, you can check it out for yourself from the company, their goal is to have the cost of this RFID reader, reader as low as what? $100. What? And people won't be getting scanners, and so don't worry about it? Are you kidding? You can get them today, folks. But that's all. The third lame excuse uh, is that this. Hey, man, people, don't worry about it. If you're concerned, we'll just have the information encrypted. You know what I'm saying? Well, let's take a look at it, folks. This is yet another popular comeback in the industry to qualm our fears over RFID. It makes sense that much. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. So even if a person can scan another person, they get their hands on the scanner, okay? Uh, don't worry. The information on the tag is going to be encrypted to ensure your privacy. Really? Well, again, let's take a look at the facts. First of all, since RFID is a radio frequency device, then it follows. It's simple, folks. Its radio frequency can be disrupted just like any other radio wave signal, right? For instance, here's, here's what happened. In 2004, Elgin Air Force Base in Florida began testing its new mobile radio system using radio waves uh, akin to the technology of the RFID. And the only problem was that in doing so, they accidentally jammed the garage doors in several communities operating on the same radio frequency. And as a result, homeowners living near Elgin found themselves locked out, inconvenienced, and puzzled when suddenly the garage door openers went haywire, forcing them to open them manually until the situation was resolved. But RFID tags, folks, can only be disrupted in theory. Okay, as we just saw, that could happen. 
Here's the point, here's the point, folks. They've already had their encryption broken in reality. Pay attention. This was demonstrated by a, a team of graduate students at John Hopkins University in early of last year, 2005. They successfully cracked the encryption code used on what? RFID-enabled car keys that are supposed to only allow the person with the RFID key to start their car. Get this. The student said, here's what the direct quote, all that will be required to steal a car with this RFID car key, it's supposed to be encrypted and secure, is a moment next to the car owner, scan it off, to extract the data from the key, less than an hour of computing, a few minutes to break in and feed the uh, key code to the car, and to hotwire. That's it. Piece of cake, according to them. And by the way, this is the same RFID system that's being used right now by Ford, Nissan, and Toyota in their millions of vehicles. And the John Hopkins researchers say that if other radio frequency ID systems are just as vulnerable as this, then, quote, the new field could offer far less security than its pro uh, proponents promise. What? It's going to be encrypted? Don't worry, nobody can get it? Are you kidding me? That's a lame excuse. But that's right. That's not the only one. The fourth lame excuse is, hey, 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 don't worry then, okay? People will have the tags disarmed, okay? That's a really big one uh, uh, today, folks. One of the biggest comebacks from the industry to qualm our uh, privacy fears over these tags, folks, is this statement. Hey, all right, fine. Then don't worry. We can always have the tags disarmed after you purchase the products with the tags on them, okay? So just chill out, okay? You, you guys probably heard that before. But that's right, folks. Based on their current suspicious behavior, one's got to wonder if they really would turn that tag off in the first place. In fact, folks, it appears that in many cases, they're not. <laughs> Are you kidding? As can be seen in this next video clip from a CNN interview. Let's take a look. And what about the idea that, that people can have the, the tags neutralized on the way out of the store if they choose? Um, as far as turning off the tags, the concern that we have is that already these uh, items, items equipped with these devices, are being sold in stores today. Uh, there have been numerous trials around the country and indeed around the world where, without consumers' knowledge, they have picked up items equipped with these tags, which we call spy tags, and have actually been surveilled through hidden cameras in the stores, uh, tracked as they moved around with these items, photographed as they picked the items up, and then took the items home live without the tags being killed. So our concern here is that there. To our knowledge, there have been no trials of, of all of the many items that have been sold with RFID where the tags have actually been turned off at the point of checkout. So while it makes a nice story, it's not happening in reality. The other thing we're concerned about is that consumers are not being told when they're interacting with this technology that has a very serious risk for their privacy. There have been no labels on these trials. People are taking home things like Heidi's Baby Wipes, Pantene Shampoo, Gillette Razor Blades, uh, Caress Soap. There's a whole variety of different products that have been equipped with these tags that people are buying and taking home, and they have really no way of knowing that they are tagged. What Benetton, the Italian clothing manufacturer, had proposed in March, which was they were actually going to be embedding these tags into the actual sewn-in label of women's clothing. Uh, that particular line was a line of women's underwear, so they would be walking around with tracking devices sewn into their, their bra. Um, you know, that, that obviously is a terrible idea. Yeah, terrible with a capital T. Hello. So, folks, I don't know about you guys, but based on the current behavior in the industry and leaving the RFID tags on right now, I'm kind of having a hard time believing they're really going to turn them off no matter what they say, you know what I'm saying? But that's right, folks, it's still not. Even if they do, even if they do, here's the point. This still doesn't address the fact that even if they did kill the tags after the point of purchase, okay, they admittedly used the tags to track you and I while we're in the store without our consent. And believe it or not, folks, one of the stated purposes from the industry of using RFID tags on products is not just for inventory control. 
but to identify you and I by person, market us accordingly, including adjusting prices based on our income and spending habits. Wait till we get to the next one, folks. They're really do, doing that. Track and time our every movement while we're in the store, and in some cases, to videotape our path and behavior in response to the product displays to see how they're working. Don't believe me? Check it out, folks, for yourself in this next video clip. They admit it. They're so excited to get this information off you and I and track us wherever we go in the store. Listen to it straight from the horse's mouth yourself. Check it out. Today, retailers are searching for better ways to gather and analyze data on customer behavior in their stores. Accenture Technology Labs has developed the visual tracking prototype to help retailers enhance store performance, employee productivity, and customer service. Visual tracking uses a non-intrusive camera-based system to monitor an environment and the people in it. It then brings this information online by creating a virtual copy of the real world. Now, retailers can better analyze what is happening in their stores and make more competitive decisions. Here's a look at how this works in practice. As customers enter a retail store, cameras track their movements and, without identifying individuals, bring customers' actions into a 2D or 3D environment. Through camera image processing, we can see if a customer takes a CD off the shelf and then returns it, or how they react to an in-store promotion. This information is captured in the database, so that visual tracking can later analyze customer statistics from a specific area of the store and even combine it with information about product movement gathered through RFID tags to gain insight into the behavior of a single shopper or group of shoppers. Accenture Visual Tracking can help retailers better understand customer traffic patterns, how store layouts can be improved to drive sales, how in-store advertising affects purchasing behavior, and how much time employees are spending with customers. This insight could be useful for retailers as well as product manufacturers. Whoa, can you believe that, folks? Oh, my goodness. Folks, I don't know about you, but looking at the facts and from a video from them themselves, it sure doesn't appear to me that the industry is interested in respecting our privacy. It appears they're more ripping us off our money. <laughs> How about you? But that's still not all, folks. Some RFID tags have what's called a dormant state that can be set to appear as if they've been deactivated, only to be later reactivated uh, at a different time, unbeknownst to us. And finally, folks, even if the tag was killed, the deactivation uh, process does nothing to the unique individual serial number on each of the tags, okay? And this number can not only still be linked with the product, but it can be still combined with database information. Wait till the next series. Wait. Oh, that's a whopper. It can be combined with database information so as to link it back to the purchaser of the product. And by the way, folks, this unique serial number that does not get terminated can still be read up to five feet away. What? But that's right, folks. I'm not the only one who thinks the industry will either leave the RFID tags on and or figure out a way around this consumer scare, okay? The plans to do so are indicated in their own words. Check it out, folks. For instance, MIT's Auto ID Center. How about that for a logo? Identify any object anywhere automatically. That's right. Anyway, they said this. Theft will be drastically reduced because items will report when they are stolen. Their smart tags also serving as they want a homing device toward their exact location. 
Now, wait a second. How could they do that unless these tags were still somehow readable? But that's right. Even more blunt is the IBM patent uh, 2005-007, must have been a James Bond fan, 33417 states, quote, It is desirable to continue utilizing the RFID tag as a, what, a data transponder without destroying the tag or deleting its data memory after an item containing the tag has been purchased at the point of sale. Now, folks, you look at the facts, you look at their own words. It sounds to me somebody sure wants these tags on, no matter what in the world they're saying to you and I, to the contrary. How about you? That sounds like a really lame excuse. We'll just, you know, turn the tags off. I think somebody's got some different plans. But that's not the only lame excuse. The fifth lame excuse is that promoters of RFID, hey, we can be trusted. Don't worry about it. That's right, dumb and dumber. Pull your hair out and pull your ears out, too. Anyway, that's right, folks. It's as if what you've heard thus far was not bad enough. Many in the industry also come back with this unbelievable response. I mean, talking, how naive do they expect us to be? They say, hey, don't worry. You can trust us. We're just using RFID to better serve you, the customer, and we only have your best interests at heart. All right? Uh, again, folks, pay attention to that picture you can see there with the little tail coming out. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, well, first of all, let's take a look at the facts, folks. There's already been several unreliable occurrences with RFID tags, making them quite untrustworthy. For instance, it's already been demonstrated that errors can be made with the tags and the readers reading them. Here's an example. For instance, NCR Corporation has run RFID automated checkout pilots for supermarket scenarios in which shopping carts pass by an RFID reader to tally all the goods. Just, you know, in just a couple seconds, they can get all the goods, all right? Hey, sounds neat. Well, here's the problem. What they found out was that without due care, a shopper could, oops, actually end up paying for some of the groceries of the person behind them. <laughs> hey, it works out great for them. And, and not only is this RFID system not always 100% trustworthy, but apparently, folks, neither are the corporations who are implementing it. For instance, this dishonest behavior in using RFID technology was recently developed uh, and dis demonstrated by the Gillette Corporation. Get this. In its RFID pilot program, one of them, they conducted what was called a smart shelf test at a Tesco supermarket in Cambridge, England. And believe it or not, folks, they automatically and secretly photographed shoppers taking RFID tag Gillette razors off the shelf to see, of course, if it could be used to deter shoplifting. But that's nothing, folks. In another study uncovered by the Chicago Sun-Times, uh, shelves in a Walmart store in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, were equipped with readers not only to track the Max Factor Lipfinity lipstick containers. Whoa, say that five times real fast, Whitey. Stacked on them. Not just that, but they then watched the shoppers in action using webcams on the shelves and viewed their behavior 750 miles away by Procter & Gamble researchers in Cincinnati, Ohio, so they could tell when lipsticks were removed from the shelves. And they did it over a four-month period without telling anybody. They're respecting that privacy? Mm-mm. Then that wasn't bad enough, folks. In January 2004, a group of privacy, this is funny, a group of privacy advocates were invited to the Metro Future Store in Germany, where an RFID pilot project was being implemented, and they accidentally discovered... <laughs> accidentally discovered that the Metro Payback customer loyalty cards, you know the cards you get in the grocery store they give you, okay, had RFID tags with the customer's ID in them. Totally unknown to the customer. And the whole point of getting together, uh, uh, despite the assurance with Metro, they were given these assurances that no customer identification data was being tracked and that all of their RFID usage was clearly being disclosed. <laughs> Oops. 
talk about your sins, find your out. I guess they forgot to tell them about the card. And speaking of dishonesty, folks, the industry, you talk some serious snake oil, is not only being sneaky with its public experiments with RFID, as you just saw, but apparently, folks, they're being just as sneaky in putting a public spin on the definition of RFID. For instance, folks, after an early consumer poll was taken, I think it was way back in 2002, by the industry about using RFID, the biggest, what they found out, the biggest concern consumers had was the fear that they'd be tracked with RFID through their clothing, spied on by corporations and governments, and taken advantage of by thieves. So the industry leaders, did they take that to heart? And Are you kidding? Pay attention. So the industry leaders came up with a new tactic. They said, and I quote, discussing any benefits or using rational arguments is largely ineffective and is perceived as thin. Once consumers are concerned, they remain concerned no matter what we tell them. So here's actually what they came up with to combat our concerns. Get this. Uh, they said, quote, the best communication strategy appears to be, liar, liar, pants on fire here, to be positioning the technology simply as what? An improved barcode. When they know full well, folks, it's not, and that is extremely dishonest. It is not at all like that. But they found that that's what works on us. Just keep telling that mantra over and over again, even though it's a lie. But that's not all, folks. Uh, this controversial, dishonest behavior of corporations using the tracking abilities of RFID became even more fueled when a public relations document was accidentally found and exposed called this, Auto ID Consortium Public Relations Campaign. Accidentally somebody came across it. Oops, talk about, again, your sins finding you out. Here's what it stated, folks. It was all designed, that document, to quote, ways to neutralize opposition and said how corporations would get consumers to resign, quote, resign themselves to the inevitability of it, period. Well, merely pretending to address our privacy concerns. Actual document from themselves. And we're supposed to trust these guys? And they got our best interests at heart? I don't think so, folks. That's a really lame excuse. Liar, liar. Pants on fire. But that's right, folks. That's coming off. The sixth lame excuse they got is they say, hey, man, promoters of RFID, we ain't got no tracking plans. What are you guys talking about? You guys are whacked out. Well, let's take a look at the facts, folks. As if the shady and dishonest behavior of corporations and entities using RFID to track and monitor people wasn't bad enough what you've seen thus far. No amount, folks, of media spin can hide their true intentions as is seen in the RFID patents that they've already filed. Proof is in the pudding. Let's take a look. For instance, Bank of America has an actual patent out. You can check every one of these out for yourself, folks. This is real. It's not science fiction. Bank of America has a patent out for RFID, what's called the System and Method for Interactive Advertising, and they combine it with another one called a Crowd Identification Device. And it's designed to scan the RFID tags on the things that people are wearing and carrying. Now, wait a second. How could it do that if the tags are turned off? I guess you're not supposed to think about that. In order to pinpoint and identify them, get this. Believe it or not, this patent goes on to describe a system very much like in the movie Minority Report, in which people who come near a kiosk or other advertising venues are immediately recognized by the RFID tags they're wearing or carrying, or in things like key fobs or cards or other RFID-enabled items on them. Then the system captures video images of the consumers near the display, recording physical, recording folks, Physical characteristics, physical appearance, face, iris, and retinal characteristics to be processed by the crowd evaluation device. So why in the world would Bank of America want a device like this? Why, that's right, folks. To get you and I to give them more of your hard-earned money. That's right, folks. Believe it or not, you can check it out for yourself. The whole stated purpose of this patent is to personally identify you so they can bombard you with personal ads targeted towards your personal interests, preferences, or demographic wherever you go. 
just like in the movie Minority Report. Don't believe me? Check it out, folks, from the actual patent. Listen to yourself. There, quote, this is the actual patent. Quote, there is a need for a public advertising and announcement device that has the ability to identify specific individuals or groups of individuals who come into contact with the device. The ability to collect, gather, and use personal information about those individuals or groups to select and present more interesting targeted ads and announcements. <laughs> Can you believe that? But that's still off, folks. That's right. Who could forget Procter & Gamble's patent called Systems and Methods for Tracking Consumers in a Store Environment. That's pretty blunt, isn't it? Anyway, here's what it is. RFID readers will be placed in store ceilings, floors, shelvings, and displays, reading RFID tags on both carts and individual items. Then the system would measure where a shopper travels in the store for how long, what he or she picks up, and whether a purchase results. In fact, they squarely admit this goal when they said that this device will enable them to, quote, get a detailed analysis of what cons- uh, customers, consumers, experience in stores, where they go, how long they stay there, and what influences the paths they choose. So why in the world would Procter & Gamble want this kind of device? Hey, that's right, you're catching on, to bilk us of even more of our cash. They say, here's an actual quote, actual tracking of consumers in store, what? Tracking of customers, consumers in the store environment uh, generates much more substantial information that can be used to effectively direct consumers to what? (laughs) To higher profit margin items. It's all about the money. Oops. Talk about your sins, finding your out. I guess they forgot to tell them about the cars. And speaking of dishonesty, folks, the industry, you talk some serious snake oil, is not only really being sneaky with its public experiments with RFID, as you just saw, but apparently, folks, they're being just as sneaky in putting a public spin on the definition of RFID. For instance, folks, after an early consumer poll was taken, I think it was way back in 2002, by the industry about using RFID, the biggest, what they found out, the biggest concern consumers had was the fear that they'd be tracked with RFID through their clothing, spied on by corporations and governments, and taken advantage of by thieves. So the industry leaders, did they take that to heart? And Are you kidding? Pay attention. So the industry leaders came with a new tactic. They said, and I quote, discussing any benefits or using rational argument is largely ineffective and is perceived as spin. Once consumers are concerned, they remain concerned no matter what we tell them. So here's actually what they came up with to combat our concerns. Get this. Uh, they said, quote, the best communication strategy appears to be, liar, liar, pants on fire here, to be positioning the technology simply as what? An improved barcode. When they know full well, folks, it's not, and that is extremely dishonest. It is not at all like that. But they found that that's what works on us. Just keep telling that mantra over and over again, even though it's a lie. But that's not all, folks. Uh, This controversial dishonest behavior of corporations using the tracking abilities of RFID became even more fueled when a public relations document was accidentally found and exposed called this, Auto ID Consortium Public Relations Campaign. Accidentally somebody came across it. Oops, talk about, again, your sins finding you out. Here's what it stated, folks. It was all designed, that document, to quote ways to neutralize opposition and said how corporations would get consumers to resign, quote, resign themselves to the inevitability of it, period. While Merely pretending to address our privacy concerns. Actual document from themselves. And we're supposed to trust these guys? And they got our best interests at heart? I don't think so, folks. That's a really lame excuse. Liar, liar. Pants on fire. But that's right, folks. I don't know. The sixth lame excuse they got is they say, hey, man, promoters of RFID, we've got no tracking plans. What are you guys talking about? You guys are whacked out. 
Well, let's take a look at the facts, folks. As if the shady and dishonest behavior of corporations and entities using RFID to track and monitor people wasn't bad enough what you've seen thus far. No amount, folks, of media spin can hide their true intentions as is seen in the RFID patents that they've already filed. Proof is in the pudding. Let's take a look. For instance, Bank of America has an actual patent out. You can check every one of these out for yourself, folks. This is real. It's not science fiction. Bank of America has a patent out for RFID, what's called the System and Method for Interactive Advertising, and they combine it with another one called a Crowd Identification Device. And it's designed to scan the RFID tags on the things that people are wearing and carrying. Now, wait a second. How can it do that if the tags are turned off? Oops, I guess you're not supposed to think about that. In order to pinpoint and identify them, get this. Believe it or not, this patent goes on to describe a system very much like in the movie Minority Report, in which people who come near a kiosk or other advertising venues are immediately recognized by the RFID tags they're wearing or carrying, or in things like key fobs or cards or other RFID-enabled items on them. Then the system captures video images of the consumers near the display, recording physical recording, folks, physical characteristics, physical appearance, face, iris, and retinal characteristics to be processed by the crowd evaluation device. So why in the world would Bank of America want a device like this? Why, that's right, folks, to get you and I to give them more of your hard-earned money. That's right, folks. Believe it or not, you can check it out for yourself. The whole stated purpose of this patent is to personally identify you so they can bombard you with personal ads targeted towards your personal interests, preferences, or demographics wherever you go. Just like in the movie Minority Report. Don't believe me? Check it out, folks, from the actual patent. Listen to yourself. There, quote, this is from the actual patent. Quote, there is a need for a public advertising and announcement device that has the ability to identify specific individuals or groups of individuals who come into contact with the device. The ability to collect, gather, and use personal information about those individuals or groups to select and present more interesting targeted ads and announcements. <laughs> Can you believe that? But that's still off, folks. That's right. Who could forget Procter & Gamble's patent called Systems and Methods for Tracking Consumers in a Store Environment? That's pretty blunt, isn't it? Anyway, here's what it is. RFID readers will be placed in store ceilings, floors, shelvings, and displays, reading RFID tags on both carts and individual items. Then the system would measure where a shopper travels in the store, for how long, what he or she picks up, and whether a purchase results. In fact, they squarely admit this goal when they said that this device will enable them to, quote, get a detailed analysis of what con uh, customers, consumers, experience in stores, where they go, how long they stay there, and what influences the paths they choose. So why in the world would Procter & Gamble want this kind of device? Hey, that's right, you're catching on, to bilk us of even more of our cash. They state, here's an actual quote, actual tracking of consumers in store, what? Tracking of customers, consumers in the store environment uh, generates much more substantial information that can be used to effectively direct consumers to what? <laughs> to higher profit margin items. It's all about the money. But that's right, not to be outdone is NCR's uh, automated monitoring of activity of shoppers in a market. That's pretty blunt, too. And here's their plan. The plan is that is they, they are going to watch shoppers, you and I, and every move in the store aisle, okay, recording uh, their activities on a moment-by-moment -moment basis and making a record of everything we do down to the split second. And this is accomplished by having RFID tags on every item in the store.
and reader devices hidden in every shelf and in every shopping cart. So when the customer takes an item from a a shelf, the system precisely times how many seconds the shopper holds the item before putting it back or putting it into the shopping cart. And based on the item characteristics, this information they give on the timing aspect, several inferences can be made. For instance, they say uh, if a shopper places an expensive item in the cart, they suggest an equally expensive item to go along with it. Need some caviar there? That's right. Or if a customer puts a cake mix into the cart, then the system could assume they need eggs and suggest accordingly. <laughs> oh, but that's not, this is the best one of all. Uh, there's IBM's patent for, quote, person tracking unit. Now that is about as blunt as you can get. Blunt Rex, that's right. That scans RFID tags on unwitting members of the public as they what? They move through retail stores, airports, train stations, elevators, libraries. Wait a second. How could they do that unless the tags were still on? Oops, I guess we're not supposed to figure that out. Theaters and even public restrooms. Don't believe me, folks? Listen to them for yourself. Here's the actual patent. Quote, when a person carrying or wearing items have an RFID tag, enters the store or other designated area, an RFID tag scanner located therein scans the RFID tag on that person and reads the RFID tag information. The RFID tag information collected from the person is correlated with transaction records stored in the transaction database. Based on the results, the exact identity of the person or certain characteristics about the person can be determined. This information is used to monitor the movement of the person through the store or other area. And folks, looking at that, it really means that somebody armed with this device really has the ability not only, folks, to track people, but coupled with the informational database, they can even identify the person's age, race, gender, and economic bracket. So again, why are they concerned about this? Why would they want something like this? Why, that's right, folks, you're paying on attention. You're catching on. Why, to better market you and get more of our money. <laughs> it's all about the cash. It has nothing to do about our convenience. They go on to say this, quote, the person tracking you may assign a tracking number. Now, that statement is creepy, folks. Assign a tracking number to each identified person. Once the movement of the person can be monitored based on the RFID tags carried on the person, that means they're live, the tracking information can be used in a number of different ways. For example, it can be used to provide advertising to a person as the person roams or even more specific targeted advertising based on the person's income bracket. Can you wait till we get to the next one, folks? And that this income bracket could additionally be inferred, quote, if items carried on the person are highly expensive name brands like a Rolex watch, which can then be used to, quote, provide targeted advertising. What? Can you believe that? And if that wasn't bad enough, folks, they even go on to say, quote, this is blunt as you can get, that the government could use this device to track suspicious people in public places using what? The RFID tags in the people, the things people are wearing or carrying. Therefore, folks, hello, it's obvious with this device, somebody, somebody intends to track our every move through these tags, right? And speaking of targeting the rich, it's all about the cash, folks, I'm telling you. IBM even has plans for catering to the rich. Get this, I'm not making this up. Check it out for yourself. For instance, IBM has another tracking system they call Margaret. I'm not making this up. It's actually named after the developer's wealthy mother-in-law named Margaret that uses, the the patent uses RFID readers in doorways to identify people as they enter banks 
or other financial institutions. They then pick out the wealthy clients in order to give them preferential treatment. Don't believe me? Listen to their own words. Quote, an RFID tag fitted into the customer's bank card or passbook could be used to signal the arrival at a branch. As they pass through the doors, the card could alert the customer information system. Bank staff could personally greet high net wealth customers, or customers could be greeted by name by tellers who already have their account information on the screen when they arrive at the counter. And it's even been suggested that this type of doorway reader could be used in upscale restaurants or retail boutiques where a high degree of personal service is important. Yeah, for the rich. But that's still on, folks. You might be saying, hey, come on, man. You're whack now, man. This is crazy. This is science fiction, man. I mean, could these people really be planning and tracking and monitoring us wherever we go with this RFID technology? Well, that's right, folks. Surely you just uh, don't listen to me. Come on, folks. Watch one another, uh, another one of their promotional videos showing a new RFID monitoring, tracking, recording application that they simply call the Personal Awareness Assistant. Check it out, man. The evolution of the computer from mainframe to desktop to handheld was inevitable. Accenture believes that the next step is wearable computers that incorporate a personal awareness assistant. This assistant will save still images and audio segments of a conversation upon hearing a verbal prompt. When someone introduces themselves, their face and name is captured and logged in a database. This information, along with date, time, and location, can then be retrieved at any time in the future. Hi, I'm Owen Richter. Hi, I'm Dana Lee. Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you. Accenture sees the revolution that this will bring to retail shopping. Say you see a book you like. You might say, hmm, that's an interesting book, and that comment is recorded and stored. Your personal awareness assistant can buy it right then and there through online sources. Or, since it has global positioning capabilities, the next time you pass by a bookstore, it can remind you to make that purchase. This prototype allows retailers to provide point-of-need selling when consumers have the intent to buy. At Accenture, we also envision businesses will use this to form a collective intelligence about a particular subject and may even be used for personal safety or entertainment. <laughs> That's not very entertaining to me, man. Oh, my goodness. I don't know about you guys, but it really does appear to me that the industry really is planning on using RFID technology not just to track us, but what? What's the common thread? To get even more cash from us. How about you? Do you guys come to that conclusion? Slightly. They have no tracking plans? That's a serious, lame excuse. But that's right, folks. That's still in all. The seventh and final one, at least the one I'm going to deal with, it lame excuses is promoters, hey, we've never said such a thing. I mean, those are just patents. You know, that's just in theory. We're not really planning on that. You know, just give us a break, will you? Well, let's take a look at the facts. Folks, believe it or not, not only do these corporations' true tracking intentions get revealed in their patent applications, it's even more revealing in their personal quotations. Here's just a few of them, folks. Check it out for yourself. Did they really say that? Unfortunately so. Auto ID Center promotional brochure says this. Power to change the world? Hey, it's hard to imagine that a tiny microchip attached to an antenna heralds such enormous change. Yes, it really does. As we're going to see, it gets worse. Paul Sappho, uh, research director for the Institute for the Future, said, Hey, at the end of the day, hey, we're going to feel like tagged bears, but we'll find a way to conceal our location. Really, Paul? I don't think so. Listen to this. A marketer at an auto ID center meeting said this. Hey, hey, wouldn't it be great when we know every time the consumer takes the lid off the toothpaste in their own bathroom? Excuse me? 
Oh my goodness, that's still all. Helen Dusen, the Ottawa ID Center, said, the Ottawa ID Center has a clear vision. Listen to this. To create a world where every object from jumbo jets to sewing needles is linked to the Internet. Compelling as this vision is, it is only achievable if the center system is adopted by everyone everywhere. Success will be nothing less than global adoption. What? That's still nothing. Uh, a European Union working document on RFID says, the ability to surreptitiously collect a variety of data all related to the same person, track individuals as they walk in public places, airports, train stations, stores, enhance profiles through the monitoring of consumer behavior in stores, read the details of clothes and accessories, worn, and medicines carried by customers are all examples of uses of RFID technology that give rise to privacy concerns. Hey, why is the European Union talking about it, but we're not? Hey, interesting, but that's still all. Mark Roberti from the Auto ID Center said this, quote, The Auto ID Center's vision is a world in which low-cost RFID tags are put on every manufactured item and tracked using a single global network, get this, as they move from one company to another and from what? One country to another. Indeed, we envision individual items, cans of Coke, pairs of jeans, and car tires being tracked from the moment they're made until the time they're recycled. Now, how could you do that if they're recycled, if they're supposed to be shut off at the store? Hey, but you're not supposed to think that. IBM patent 2002-0116274 hike. That's right. The widespread use of RFID tags on merchandise, such as clothing, would make it possible for locations of people, what? People, animals, and objects to be tracked on a what? A global scale. A privacy invasion of Orwellian proportions. No kidding. Straight from the horse's mouth. Steve Holliday of AIM Global said, if I talk to companies and ask them if they want to replace the barcode with these tags, meaning right there, folks, he admitted it's not the same thing as the barcode, replace the barcode with these tags, the answer can't be anything but yes. Listen to this. He said, it's like giving them an opportunity to rule the world. Can you believe that? And Helen Deuce, again, of the Auto ID Center said this, in case uh, of EPC networks, there are currently no clear benefits for consumers by which to balance even the mildest negative. <laughs> the lack of clear benefits to consumers could present a problem in the real world. They admit it. There's nothing to benefit you and I. Can you believe that? But that's still all. Scott Silverman, of the CEO of Applied Digital Solutions, we'll get to him at the, when it starts hitting the dark future of RFID with the implants, quote, said this, the same scanner in a Walmart that is used to barcode your goods can be used to identify you. What? That's still in all. Kevin Ashton, executive director of the Auto ID Center, said this, quote, People might balk at the thought of police using RFID to scan the contents of a car's trunk without needing to open it. And then in another statement, he said, In order for RFID to be accepted into society, quote, direct quote, he says, We will have to die. He said, Our generation will never fully embrace a world where everything can be tagged and tracked. It's just too new. But the next generation will... Wow. And speaking of Kevin Ashton, folks, let's again watch how this desire to track the whole world really is the stated goal of these people, even as unbelievable as it sounds. Check it out. The Ultra ID Center is uh, three years old now. We're a research project at uh, MIT. Our mission is very simple. We want to create a single global technology that will enable computers to identify any object anywhere automatically to sense the real world on their own for the first time in history. Well, I, folks, you can't get any more blunt than that. They really are going to track everything on the globe for the first time in our history. 
And it might be the last of man's history. But that's right, folks. As unbelievable as that was, this is even more. Get this. Scott McNeely, CEO of Sun Microsystems, here's the big goal. They said, hey, man, they're going to slap that baby's bottom, then slip an ID chip in their neck or between their shoulders so you can keep tracking your kids. What? And folks, believe it or not, it's precisely because these corporations, these guys, these entities, these companies are so serious about these claims that many privacy advocates are saying this. Check it out, folks. Uh, Charlie Smith said, hey, if you let them people, companies like Gillette will monitor personal use of their products in your home. Throw away one of their razors in the trash, another one would be on its way. But that's when all the Guardian said RFID tags can still work long after the product has been bought. If the tags become as ubiquitous as the manufacturers would like, people could be bristling with the chips in clothes and possessions. Anyone from police to potential thieves could work out exactly what they carry. But that's not all. Food Production Daily said this. A major concern is that the RFID chip could result in every product on earth having its own unique ID. The use of unique ID numbers could lead to the creation of a global item registration system in which every physical object is identified and linked to its purchaser or owner at the point of sale or transfer. What? But that's still all, folks. The Privacy Bulletin said this. After a relatively short period of a tracking a vehicle, it may be possible to predict when someone is or is not at home, where they work, spend their leisure time, go to church services and shop, uh, what schools their children attend, where friends and associates live, where they have been to see, uh, whether or not they've been seen a doctor, and whether they attend what? Political rallies. Very interesting. Why would they want to do that? Hmm. Catherine Albright of Cassian said this, What motivates me is an absolute resistance against the idea that we would all be just reduced to being numbers and tabs and track like cattle. When I see RFID and I think about the world in which the powers that be, be they corporate or government, can essentially watch, surveil, track, manipulate, and control the people, that's what motivates me. A desire to see that not happen, not to my generation, to my children, to my grandchildren. History is going to judge us based on how we respond to this threat now. And folks, it's, it's, here's the whole point. If these corporations really aren't planning on making the global tracking of items, animals, and even people a reality, and if these very privacy advocates are really just blowing things out of proportion, okay, then you tell me, folks, right now, why is there state lawmakers in five different states right now, California, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Missouri, and Utah, at the time of this recording, writing bills addressing privacy concerns, and in some cases, proposing the outlawing of RFID technology being used to monitor citizens? Why? And not only that, man, listen, this is creepy. And why do some of these bills right now make it a felony to implant human beings with a spy chip without their consent? Somebody's serious about it. And folks, for goodness sake, why in the world would California State Senator Deborah Bowen say, how would you like it? Listen to this quote. How would you like it? If, for instance, one day you realize your underwear was reporting your whereabouts. <laughs> Can you believe that? Now, folks, maybe it's just me and I'm a strange kind of a guy, but I personally would not want my underwear reporting my whereabouts. How about you? For a multitude of reasons, we won't get into that. And folks, not only that, as you can see for yourself, these excuses the industry is trying to give you and I to qualm our fears over this technology called RFID, they're not just seriously lame. Hello? But when you look at the facts, you pay attention to their own words, folks, it's obviously chock full of lies. No need to fear. No need to be afraid. These privacy advocates are just blowing things way out of proportions. Don't worry. We love you. It's all for your benefit. You can trust us. When they clearly have plans to use RFID to monitor and control not just products, but what? 
for you and I as well. I don't know about you guys, but I would say that's kind of a definite concern. How about you? But that's not all, folks. The uh, second thing we need to take a look at, folks, uh, with, with already, not just the definite concern, folks. We need to take a look at its dangerous deployment. We need to take a look, not just the definite concerns, but the dangerous deployment. And folks, what we're going to do now, we're not just going to look at what RFID in theory can do, but we're now going to look at the current development of RFID and what it's going to do, and in some cases, what it's already doing, and you have no idea. It's already out there being used on us. We'll take a look at that. Again, for RFID, man's greatest invention, or Mark of the Beast. And to answer that question, we saw the last two times, the first of three things we're going to be looking about, about RFID to answer that question. And the first one was the definite concern of RFID, the definite concern. And we saw the first definite concern was what in the world this technology can do. And then last time specifically, we saw the second definite concern, and that was what these corporations will do. And there we saw, if you've been tracking with this, folks, seven lame excuses these corporations keep dishing out to you and I to try to qualm our fears over RFID technology. And there are excuses such as this. They say, hey, people aren't going to get that close to scan the tags, and, and people won't be getting their own personal scanners, and, and, and people will have their information encrypted. All right, yeah, if you wide enough, we'll just have the tags disarmed. And, and hey, we promoters of RFID, we can be trusted. We got no tracking plans, and uh, we never said such a thing, right? <laughs> but as we saw, folks, hello, once we looked at the facts, once we looked at the patents, once we looked at their actual quotes, hello, from these corporations, despite the multitude of lame excuses, man, they keep giving you and I, they really are planning on using this RFID technology, not just to monitor and control products, but what? People, you and I as well, right? And folks, you saw for yourself. You heard. You saw the quotes. You saw the video clips. This was not some sort of wacky, weird conspiracy theory, right? You heard for yourself. That's what these guys are planning on doing right now, right? And folks, I don't know about you, but I would kind of say that's a little bit of a definite concern with this technology. How about you? Hey, but that's not all. I'm still going, so guess what? Hey, that's right, Patty and Lewis, you're on the ball. I've still got more to go, and you're right. The second thing, folks, we need to consider it answering whether or not RFID really is man's greatest invention or is leading towards the mark of the beast. It's pretty simple. We need to look at the dangerous deployment of RFID. The dangerous deployment, folks, of RFID. People, what we're going to look at now is we're going to look not just at what RFID can, in theory can do, okay, but now we're going to look at the actual deployment of RFID, folks, what it's going to do, and in some cases, whether you realize it or not, they're already doing, folks. It's already being used on you and I. And as you are going to see, folks, with your own eyes, okay, RFID is not only going to cover every single sector of society, from the shoe to the zoo to me and you, hello, but it really will. As Kevin Ashton said, it's going to, for the first time, enable a truly global monitoring system of both people and products right down to whether or not we can buy or sell. Hmm, where was that before? Revelation 13. Hey, that's right, whoever said that. Revelation uh, chapter 13, Mark the Beast. Gee, I wonder where they're leading. And folks, it's pretty simple. Hello, the first area that RFID technology right now, folks, is being deployed is in the retail industry. That's right. It's coming, folks, already in the retail industry. Let's take a look at a propaganda video getting you and I prepared and used to having this invasion in the retail industry. Let's take a look. This helps us. Yes, it is. Maximus word. Who's Maximus? I am Maximus. Why are you worried? Feathers. Feathers will they sell? I'm afraid not. Well, how do you know? Mining data from sales, news, blogs. Mining blogs? Where is this blog mine? No data. Trend spotting. What is this? Feathers are over. Ah! The Maximus over! One word. Chiffon. Chiffon? 
Looking for trends? That's right, IBM can help. Now, folks, whether you realize or not, what you just saw was a little commercial, a propaganda piece from IBM, and using RFID technology, not just, as we, the corporation often say, to monitor and track retail items throughout the entire retail chain, but you saw and you heard for itself what? They're going to use this technology to mine our personal data, monitor our shopping habits and buying habits and behavior, so as to what? Give them the ability to make trend predictions based on their behavior, right? And so the question is, well, why in the world would they want to do that? Well, folks, believe it or not, as the old adage say, uh, goes, uh, trace the money trail, it is to further invade our privacy so they can personally market us and manipulate us into giving us more of them, more of our money. Don't believe me, folks? Let's take a look at what they're planning on doing with RFID specifically in the retail industry. And you tell me, folks, if that's not where they're really up to, it's all about the money. And they start off with a couple justifications. And the first one that they do is they say, hey, man, the first justification is, hey, it's going to be good for the companies. And if it's good for the companies, Companies, why it's great for the economy, and that's what everybody's concerned about, right? Well, let's take a look, folks, at their justification. One of the biggest supposed justifications as to why, folks, we really need to have every single retail item on the planet tracked and monitored with RFID is that they say this is going to be good for companies. It's going to save them time and, and money in a variety of ways. For instance, they say that if RFID is used in the retail industry, well, this is going to enable their shelves to be monitored continuously to ensure that products are always on hand. That's right. And if they get low, hey, an alert can be instantly sent to the stockroom or office to tell them to bring out more or order more immediately. Oh, by the way, that guy there... <laughs> He ate way too much chicken, man. But anyway, that's right. Uh, also, when any product is returned or exchanged, its RFID tag could be read and automatically added to the inventory, whereupon the employees who do the restocking could be told exactly where to place the item. No more stuff out of, out of place. That's right. Or an RFID tag could also let them know if the product instead needs to be returned to the vendor in case it has a recall. In fact, having RFID in the retail industry could allow companies to automatically change shipments of products in route based on minute-by-minute minute needs. And boy, talk about convenience. Hey, they're really planning on this, by the way. If fitting rooms are equipped with RFID readers, then they could identify the merchandise a shopper brings in and trigger a video to start playing in the fitting room that describes the outfit, suggest accessories to go along with it, and even see a person model it right before the very eye. Folks are really planning on that. I'm not making it up. Or, to get even more personal, this system could scan you and I or use pictures of us already stored in the database. Hey, they wouldn't do that, would they? Wait... <laughs> Give me about 10 more minutes, man. The cat's coming out of the bag on the database issue. But anyway, that's right. Uh, stored in a database so they can see themselves in the outfit, right? And, and speaking of nifty, that's right. Capital N, nifty. RFID in retail could be used to track employees. What? To track employees to improve labor efficiency. That's right. For instance, store management could verify through an automated system that an employee was at the appropriate station at the start of a shift or at the end of a break so that managers automatically know if an employee spends too much time in the break room or didn't show up to work on time and thereby print out a report. Ooh, you're in trouble now. And of course, that's right. Since RFID can track and trace anything you're put on, folks, this would overnight dramatically reduce counterfeit products and theft rates. Some say by 80%. By automatically alerting management when the item coming in is phony or when the item going out hasn't been paid for. And as you can see, this next video demonstration of the, the multitude of ways companies are going to benefit. Let's take a look. Retail stores that specialize in high-volume media such as videos, CDs, computer software, and video games often experience difficulties in managing inventory and preventing shrinkage. 
Accenture Technology Labs developed the physical media tracking prototype to demonstrate how real-time data can improve inventory tracking, increase employee efficiency, and identify sources of shrinkage. Present-day retail inventory management requires a significant amount of manual labor, which results in data that is often out of date or incomplete. The physical media tracking system uses radio frequency ID technology integrated with retail inventory management systems to provide real-time accurate data. This greatly streamlines the inventory management process. The prototype simulates a store environment that is fully equipped with RFID sensors and readers. The products in this case, CDs, are equipped with RFID tags which link to a database that contains information such as product name, manufacturer, and price. When products arrive at the store, they are instantly scanned by RFID readers and that information is uploaded instantly into the store's inventory management system. Products that once had to be counted by hand can be scanned in under a second. During the course of the day, the store manager can review the inventory system and see items that need to be shelved, pulled, or that are out of place. For example, the system guides store personnel through daily stock tasks. If the associate is asked to put three copies of a particular CD on the shelf, but only stocks two, then the system will show that one remains to be shelved. In retail settings, one of the biggest areas of customer complaints is not being able to find the items that they are looking for. The item might be in stock, but not where it's supposed to be. Physical media tracking can identify a CD that is on the wrong shelf and send a message to a sales associate to move it to its proper place. The system is continuously updated as tasks are completed. The prototype is also designed to help identify fraud and potential points of shrinkage. Imagine that a customer takes a CD off the shelf and tries to return it for a refund. The system will issue a warning that the CD has not been purchased. RFID readers at the store's exit can detect when people try to leave with items that have not been purchased. Over time, data collected about points of theft and shrinkage can be used to analyze and close security gaps. Physical media tracking can also be used to help retailers analyze where in a store items are being purchased, especially important for retailers that have the same product in multiple locations around the store. In addition to improve inventory management efficiency, the retailer can use the data from the system to generate new revenue. For example, the retailer can charge distributors for information about how their product moves through the store. Accenture Technology Labs envisioned that the use of RFID technology will greatly increase the profitability in the retail marketplace. Oh, and folks, did you notice there, what did you say? It was about profitability. It wasn't about convenience. It was about the cash. They were using it not just to attract the products as you saw there, but what? Even people who were carrying the products. Whoa, that's pretty interesting. But that's not all, folks. As you guys can see, companies are clearly excited about having RFID in retail because they will clearly benefit from it in a variety of ways. But the question i got for you guys is this. Will it really be a benefit to you and I? Let's take a look. And this brings us to the second justification they keep coming down. Hey, it's good for you, the consumers. Come on, you can trust us, snake oil guys. Oh, snake oil's not there. That's in the... Whatever. But anyway, that's right. Let's take a look. Here's what they say. They say the monitoring and tracking of every retail item on the planet with RFID, it's not just good for our company. Hey, it's good for you, the 
the consumer as well. And then they justify this comment by saying that uh, RFID in the retail industry will not only save us time and money, just like the companies, but it's going to usher in an era of consumer convenience beyond our wildest dreams, like these articles and visions. Folks, pay attention. This is the future they are planning for us. I'm not making this up. Pay attention. It's the year 2010. You're watching your favorite morning news show to see what's happening in the crazy world of technology, but the show is interrupted by commercials. Rats, but get this. So, so you think this is a good time for a cup of coffee when suddenly the face of your girlfriend shows up on the screen telling you to buy the latest model of MP3 player with a miniature hard disk of 1.5 terabytes and a weight of uh, only 20 grams suitable for any occasion. That's right, offered by Walmart. But you don't have time to think about, the, uh, about this because the next commercial shows your best friend recommending to you personally the latest car model that's personalized according to your exact wishes which you described to a car dealer just a couple of days ago. How'd they know that? They know everything. But that's right now you're getting annoyed, so you turn the TV set off, and, and, but you forget to disconnect from the Internet. So now you hear your girlfriend's voice on the speakers on the stereo reminded that only the best roses can be purchased at roses.com for her upcoming birthday next week. But this is interrupted by the door t doorbell as your friends arrive to take you to a baseball game at the local stadium, in which you don't worry about a ticket because, hey, in RFID world, they're no longer needed. You just show up and you walk in. Your presence is automatically recognized. How? By an RFID reader scans you, and, and the cost is automatically debited from your account. But there's a small crowd at the game, so you decide to move down to the more, you know, good seats, the expensive ones. And as you do, though, none of the people who pay good money for those good seats, folks, are concerned about your behavior because they know what apparently you've forgotten this RFID. World, the more expensive seat automatically senses your presence too, and it promptly sends a signal back to the ticket office, which in turn debits your bank account for the difference in price. Oops. So that's right, after the game, you, you head home, and suddenly the muffler on your car announces, I have a leak. I don't know if that's actually how a muffler's going to sound. I don't know muffle But anyway, that's not the point. It says, I have a leak. And, and suggest an appointment with the local mechanic the next day, in which you agree. And, and since you're hungry, you stop off at a convenience store to... To get a hot dog, uh, uh, whereupon a screen pops up on the computer in front of the attendant at the counter that tells him, ask the customer if he would like extra nacho cheesy potato chips. So the attendant does, in which you, of course, say yes because they're your favorite kind. How do they know that? Hey, it knows everything in RFID world. So after you drop off your buddies, uh, you head home, and upon entering the door, your home computer asks you if you'd like to order pizza in three hours, which just happens to be the normal time that you eat every night. And it knows everything. And since you know that you'll be hungry again by then, you say yes and proceed to take out your garbage. But as soon as you put the garbage in the garbage can, the can sends you an audible alert telling that you just put a recyclable item in the wrong bin, in which you immediately correct, uh, correct to avoid yet another fine from the waste management company automatically debited from your account. But then you decide to wash some clothes before the pizza arrives, so you throw your laundry to the machine, but an alarm goes off there too. As, as the washing machine informs you not to put your white dress shirt in with your red t-shirt, and just in case you don't comply, it deactivates itself until you remove the red shirt. So later that night, after you finish the pizza that arrived right on time, you go to the refrigerator to get a drink of water when the refrigerator informs you that you're out of milk. And then ask if you want to order more uh, from the grocery store and have it delivered. And once you yawn and say yes and then promptly head off to bed in RFID world. So are you hallucinating? Is this a bad scenario of a poor science fiction movie? No. And I quote from the article, folks, Welcome to the wonderful world of RFID, where we, quote, know everything about how to serve our favorite customer. Now, folks, I don't know about you, 
But that RFID envisioned future, not very long in the future, by the way, is just a little bit creepy for me. You know what I'm saying? I don't know about you guys. And people, what you've got to realize is this is not just some creepy future science fiction scenario. It really is the actual viable scenario of RFID in the retail world today. This is where we're headed, folks. They're, they're making the machines everything for us. Therefore, the question we've got to ask ourselves, folks, is this. Is this the kind of envisioned future of the retail world that's really good for you and I? <laughs> I don't think so. And as you guys are going to see for yourself, it's going to lead to a whole world of privacy problems like never before in man's history. Let's take a look. The first privacy problem of RFID in the retail world, folks, it creates personalized data mining. That's right. It creates personalized data data mining. Let's take a look. What most people don't realize is that an RFID-enabled retail world will have the ability, folks, to mine personal data from you and I that will be used against us like never before in history. And to make matters worse, folks, is that most people are still under the illusion that companies don't already practice this data mining, which they already do. How? Thanks for asking. You guys are on the ball. It's done by getting us to buy into their loyalty card system, which in turn gives them a complete profile into our most intimate buying habits, as is clearly seen in this next video. Pay attention, folks. Get ready. If you're not familiar with the reality of you and I being in databases all over the world and people uh, using this information against us, you're in for a rude awakening on this next video clip. Pay attention. Here it is. Do you have an card? Do you have a discount card? No. Do you have a discount card? No. What's that? Here's the plan. Find out what these big companies do with all that prime personal information in their possession after your loyal submission into their club card confederation. We target two loyalty programs because so many of you have these cards in your wallet. With the No Fee Shoppers Drug Mart Optimum card, spend money, get points. The promise? Add up points to get free stuff. What do they get from you? Your name, birth date, address, and the ages of your children, and all of your spending habits. At Safeway, the free club card gives special prices on select items. The promise? To save you money. What do they get from you? A look at the products you buy, connected with your name, address, and phone number. I decide to assemble a tactical team to tackle this task. I figure we can't go wrong, since these companies publicly state that you have the right to know what personal information they have in your private dossier. We're calling them consumer cadets. Dear Shoppers Drug Mart. Viewers who have written letters to shoppers and Safeway asking for copies of their files. Receive a copy of any information. Their goals. Receive a copy of any and all. To find out what, if any, personal data has been tallied and tabulated. held in my shopper's optimum member file. Our cadets are not alone. 76% of Canadians are members of a loyalty program. To try to get a fix on why so many people buy into these memberships, I'm going to a place with some real members. We've done a story on loyalty card programs. Which other ones do you have? What? <laughs> you get points and you, and you can buy things with it. You know, the extra bonuses they're going to give you, the points, and then they'll give you free merchandise. I do have an optimum card. Yes, I do. You do? Yes, do, do I you do. you use it? What do you get out of it? On occasional. 5% off sometimes. Discounts. But at what cost? So we took our mission here to Harvard University. 
We're about to meet someone here who, believe it or not, is doing her doctoral thesis on loyalty cards. Privacy activist, Catherine Albrecht. So who benefits from these uh, cards? Because consumers clearly think they do. Well, we're, we've actually, in five years of doing this, have been unable to find a single consumer benefit from using these cards. But hold on a second. We thought these cards are all about saving a dime. So we launched Project Grocery Bag. We shop at four different grocery stores, including a Safeway. We buy the same ten items at the store. The tally at the real Canadian Superstore is $18.38. Our corner market is almost $5 more at $23.15. IGA is just a few cents up at $23.59. But the big jump comes at Safeway where the total hits $28.10. That's almost $10 more than at Superstore. But with the Safeway Club card savings, the total drops to $26.22. Still more than the other three stores, but they tell us we've saved almost $2. That is unbelievable. Is this your experience for these cards? It is. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to tell Safeway about the results of Project Grocery Bag and ask them for an interview, but they declined. What we advise people to do is find a store that doesn't have the cards. Because we are essentially, with our shopping dollars, we're funding this whole monster. We are funding the system. We're funding the databases. We're paying the salaries of the people who are collecting this data on us. We are essentially paying to build our own data prisons here. But in our pennywise haste to save a dime, are we slowly and pound foolishly giving up our right to privacy? Companies like Shoppers Drug Mart assure you they're on the ball. They say, we do not rent sell or provide the personal information of Shoppers Optimum members. Safeway pitches the same game but has a special curveball attached. We may disclose personal information in response to a subpoena court process specific request by a law enforcement agency. So let's say you buy a lot of Ziploc bags, maybe for a bake sale, or maybe to pack and sell certain suspect substances. Could a grocery store like Safeway turn your records over to the police? There's a grocery chain that actually turned over records of uh, some of its shoppers' purchases of plastic sandwich bags. Uh, the, the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency here in the States, uh, subpoenaed those records to see if uh, some particular people had bought a large quantity of plastic sandwich bags on the, on the presumption that anyone buying a lot of plastic sandwich bags must be selling drugs. You don't have to be the police to find out what people buy. We sent one of our garbage picking producers to dig in the trash. You see, Safeway actually prints the name of club card members on the receipt. Not too private. But they're not so forthcoming about handing over a copy of your file. Remember our consumer cadets? The mission of Bruce Gates was to get a copy of his file from Safeway. I would like to receive a copy of any information held in my Safeway file. Cadet Bruce is the first of our crew to get a letter back from Safeway. But they don't give him his info. <laughs> they want a uh, $75 fee to process the uh, information. They say that uh, the fee offsets some of the costs incurred to perform a task that is outside the normal course of Safeway business. Well, the normal course of Safeway business is to collect the data from those cards. Another cadet, Kulbinda Saran, wrote Shoppers Drug Mart for a copy of her Optimum card file. She's still waiting for a response, 
So we send her on a mission behind shopper lines to get the goods. If I'm an Optimo member, what do you do with my personal information? No, they don't sell their items or anything like that. Actually, they do the company. So... It's just a so they can link up what would be good for you. Okay. Because um, I received a brilliant brown uh, brunette, that, that promotion as well. So they know what color my hair is and everything, too? They should. Great work, I imagine. What, what's them down with Chopper's drug market? Well, it was really interesting because what they do was they try to find out what kind of product that I would like to purchase next based on my spending, um, mm-hmm. you know, purchases in, in the past. Thank you very much. Now we're going to talk to one of Marketplace's operatives, Tessa. Tessa, Chopper's drug market refused to give us an interview, but you did speak with them yourself. That's right, and they were quite helpful. They talked to us at length. But they did refuse to give us an on-camera interview. However, I found a press release from a company called Nateza. They're a company that creates computers, servers, and databases. Shoppers bought a system from Nateza. Now your next mission is to head over to Framingham, Massachusetts, just outside Boston. We're back in Massachusetts. About to visit the company that sold Shoppers Drug Mart, their big computer that tracks consumer information. It's big business. And hey, if Shoppers Drug Mart won't tell us what they know, maybe these guys will give us some info. This is the kind of machine that crunches data for shoppers. The company that makes it is Netiza. Their CEO, Jit Saxena. Well, you could, you could just right now isolate a particular customer and, and instantly come up with a profile. That's right. What is it about information that brings these companies to your doorstep for these businesses to really understand their customers? They need to know a lot about uh, what they buy, how they buy it, and all this requires that they track all the interactions. We think about this for a minute. Would it make sense for a store to spend what, what typically is estimated to be, be between 60 and $100 million a year to maintain a card program? So now think about that for that a minute. Expensive? It's that expensive. Now why would they do that and then lower it prices? The well, but, but they'd go out of business. In the end, this merry-go-round mission is impossibly incomplete. We still don't know exactly what these companies are doing with your information. We do know that they consider it quite valuable. The question is, how valuable is it to you? Just this week, some of our consumer cadets got packages from Shoppers Drug Mart. A detailed list of everything they've ever bought using their card, including some pretty personal purchases. As for Safeway, two cadets have heard back. No info. Just asking for that $75 fee. So now we know they're using it to make money. And we're using it, we think, to save money. Keep using your cards as you wish. But remember, few things in life are free. Whoa! Now, folks, I don't know about you, but it sure sounds like we've been totally tricked into letting these companies build massive personal databases on us. How about you? Mm-hmm. In fact, folks, it's already been estimated, pay attention, folks, that Walmart, just Walmart, already has a database on you and I's customers that contains twice as much information as the whole Internet. What? Folks, check it out for yourself. I'm not making it up. And that's not only a serious invasion of our privacy. That's downright sneaky, man. 
But that's still involved, folks. Believe it or not, what these companies are about to do in an RFID-enabled retail world will make what you just saw in that video look like mere child's play. The current system can only mine data from us if we sign up for a loyalty card or if we pay something with a credit or debit card, right? But the future system with RFID will enable them to mine personal data from us, get this, folks, from every single item we ever purchase anywhere, anytime, card or not. And I don't know about you guys, well, no wonder they're so excited, but I call that a huge privacy problem. How about you? <laughs> you thought it was bad uh, with that video? You ain't seen nothing yet, folks, with RFID. It's going to get you whether you want to sign up or not, period. But that's not all, folks. Let's take a look at the second privacy problem of RFID in a retail world, and that is it creates personalized marketing. That's right, folks, personalized marketing. Let's check it out. As we saw earlier, the companies out there promoting RFID in retail, they're saying, hey, there's no need to fear this new technology because it's really designed to better serve you and I, the customer, and they only have our best interests at heart. Really? I don't think so. In fact, Procter & Gamble admitted this when they said about supposed, listen to this, supposed RFID benefits for the customers that it, quote, may all be a appear to be a, a bit exaggerated and useless. <laughs> and they said this, at the end of the day, it'll only save us a few minutes. Yeah, cats out of the bag. The truth is, folks, that RFID in the retail, it's not only an easy way for companies to build personalized databases on us. Get this, it's an even easier way for them to use that information and then thrust a personalized marketing scheme at us. Pay attention, folks. Whether you realize it or not, people, RFID has nothing to do with giving us more convenience. It has everything to do with getting more of our cash. Don't believe me? Listen to them, folks. Admit it for themselves on this next video clip. It's all about marketing us, find out our intimate details, and buying habits to get more of our cash. Pay attention, folks. Shopping here was like shopping anywhere else. You'd cruise the aisles, maybe buy something, maybe not. In an industry that spends more than $13 billion each year on market research, we still wouldn't know how people browse the store or how they make their decisions. Until now, with RFID tagged products and smart shelves, we can communicate with our customers, even put together special promotions and offers just as they are making the decision to buy. And we gain valuable insight about how our customers shop our store, information that's worth a lot to us and to our suppliers. Many companies keep data warehouses brimming with transaction data, intending to use it to gain insight into their customers' preferences and product interests. In practice, however, this has proven difficult, in part perhaps because very little information is captured about the products that are sold. Accenture Technology Labs developed the Product Profiler prototype to demonstrate how retailers can use new sources of data to gain insight for competitive advantage. Product Profiler augments the information retailers have about customers with information about products so they can better understand customer preferences, forecast demand, and monitor competitors. How does it work? Using proprietary state-of-the-art text mining and machine learning algorithms, Product Profiler learns to associate words in product descriptions with product attributes such as trendiness, style, and formality. Marketers can also use the prototype to help write more targeted descriptions of their products and ensure consistent brand positioning. Here, Product Profiler suggests modifications that can help this product description more effectively convey the intended marketing message. Accenture researchers developed a recommender system that can suggest items similar in taste and style to a customer's past purchases. 
This is a significant improvement over traditional collaborative filtering. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but it's pretty obvious. They're really going to use that technology to personally market us down to our personal buying habits and decisions and choices, right? Why? To get more of our cash. Pay attention, folks. I don't know about you guys, but it sure sounds to me like RFID in the retail industry has absolutely nothing to do with giving you and I more convenience. Are you kidding? You've heard it for yourself. It has everything to do with marketing us to get more of our cash. And folks, I don't know about you guys, but I only call that a huge privacy problem. I call that a huge greed problem as well. How about you? Oh, but that's still all. It gets worse as we go. Get this, man. The third privacy problem that RFID in the retail world creates, it creates a personalized pricing. You talk about discrimination. Get this, folks. It's unbelievable. As if the greedy intentions of these companies using RFID in retail wasn't apparent enough. Believe it or not, folks, you ain't seen nothing yet. Believe it or not, they not only plan on personally marketing us for more of our cash, get this, but they plan on giving us personalized prices based on our income and spending habits so as to squeeze out even more of our cash. As one person in the RFID retail industry said, with RFID on loyalty cards to identify the customer and a customer shopping history database, items could be priced differently depending on the characteristics of the shopper. Different promotions could be offered to different customers via their personal digital assistants or cell phone displays at kiosks and by employees receiving prompts on the point of sale terminals, just like we saw in that video clip earlier, with, you know, supposedly down in the future. But you might be thinking, hey, come on, come on, man, these, these companies can't be serious about implementing this kind of discriminating pricing system, can they? This is crazy. Well, that's right, folks. As always, don't listen to me. Listen to them and admit it for yourself in this next video clip that they simply and blatantly call <laughs> the personalized pricing tool. They're really going to do it. Pay attention. Businesses today have more opportunities to communicate with customers one-on-one. -on -one. The next challenge? Gaining the insights that will help businesses say something relevant to each customer. Accenture Technology Labs developed the personalized pricing tool to demonstrate how retailers can use the transaction data they currently collect to generate individualized incentives and pricing. Instead of marketing to demographic clusters of consumers, retailers can use insight about the buying habits of individual customers to target them with specific offers, boosting profits, and increasing customer satisfaction. Through customer loyalty cards, retailers know a lot about an individual customer's buying history. Yet, the same in-store incentives are offered to everyone regardless of their personal profile. Accenture's personalized pricing tool prototype examines an individual customer's purchase history, as well as the store's targeted sales volume and current inventory to generate a personalized pricing offer. Imagine you are a store manager and your goal is to increase both sales and customer loyalty without compromising profits. Using the personalized pricing tools modeling and simulation techniques, you can determine which customers are likely to be interested in buying your overstocked items and give them targeted offers that will motivate them to buy without under-discounting. Discount strategies can be altered each day according to store objectives. The result is a significant increase in customer satisfaction and in sales as compared to traditional incentive programs. Now imagine that you are a shopper. You enter the store and swipe your loyalty card at a kiosk. You are instantly presented with coupons that are customized to you based on both your previous purchase history and the retail manager's objectives. You can print them out or download them to a PDA or phone. In the near future, shopping carts outfitted with scanners may offer special discounts as you shop through the store. 
based on items you have placed in your cart or your shopping habits over multiple visits. Other industries can benefit from the personalized pricing tool as well. Financial services companies, for instance, could bundle cross-industry products from banking to insurance according to an individual customer's needs. As businesses increasingly interact with customers one-on-one -on -one and in real time, it's not enough just to analyze last quarter's data to inform next quarter's marketing campaign. At Accenture Technology Labs, we developed a personalized pricing tool to assess the potential of individualized promotional strategies to maximize customer satisfaction while also optimizing business performance. Can you believe that? They're going to personally give us a personal price based on our habits. They're excited about it. It's all about what? That's right, the cash. But folks, let's take a look. I don't know about you guys, but it sure looks to me as these companies are planning on using RFID to squeeze as much money out of you and I as they can. How about you? Big time. But it gets even worse, folks. Get this. They not only discriminate against us based on their income and buying how much as you just saw, but they even go so far as to classify us whether or not, this is their own words, I'm not making this up, whether or not you and I are a, quote, barnacle or a bottom feeder. That's their own terminology, folks, and that if we're not dropping big money in their stores, they don't want us around, and we're going to be financially penalized for it. Don't believe me, folks? Listen to how Marty Abrams, a policy advisor at Hunton & Williams Law Firm, describes how marketers do just that now. He says, quote, maximization in some cases means providing white glove service and pricing that expands the firm's share of the consumer's wallet. In other cases, it means marginal service, that means bad service, and high prices designed to what? to drive the unattractive consumer somewhere else. That's right, get out of here. And as another person put it, get this, here's what it's leading to. You know, they say, you know that awful feeling you get when you sit next to a guy who paid 100 bucks for the same flight that cost you 600 to board? Soon you could have the same experience with food, clothing, even children's toys every, toys every time you shop. Imagine approaching a shelf and seeing the price tag change before your very eyes, flashing you a personalized price. That's right, tailored to your shopping history and profitability to the store. It's called, this is their term, they can't say it's personalized pricing because they'll get in big trouble. Here's their terminology, it's called customer specific pricing. And RFID, the person says, could make it a reality. So here's the question, how do these greedy companies figure out how to identify people so they know who gets the good prices and the white glove service and who gets the high prices and the rotten service? Hey, that's right, folks. Can you say RFID in the retail industry? People, once the system is installed in place with RFID, their greedy problem is solved. The RFID tags in people's cards and or on their person will enable stores to scan them and recognize them by person and then coupled with the personalized database they already got on us, will be able to alert them whether or not you and I are a good customer or a bad customer based on our income and buying habits and then change the prices accordingly. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but I not only call that a huge privacy problem, I call that a huge discrimination problem. How about you? Oh, but that's not all, folks. It gets even worse. The fourth uh, uh, problem, the privacy problem that RFID in retail creates, folks, is personalized tracking. What? Hey, I wish I was making it up, folks. Let's take a look. As if what you've seen so far, folks, was not bad enough. Believe it or not, it gets worse. That's right. Now our company is going to use RFID in retail to create personalized databases so as to personally market us, so as to give us a personalized price. But believe it or not, folks, this technology will even allow them and others to create a personalized tracking system to continually monitor, uh, track, and market us, okay? And the first way they plan on doing this is by implementing what's being called, this is their own terminology, I'm not making it up, they're calling it sniffers. 
<laughs> Snippers, that's right. It stinks, in my opinion. That's right. No pun intended. Well, actually, it was. Snippers in the home. Believe it or not, folks, there's an actual patent out called the, quote, inventory and location system that describes how RFID readers could be installed in your home's doorways, uh, floors, closets, and even your car to inventory all your RFID retail items and report their findings on a minute-by-minute basis back to the marketers. Don't believe me? Listen to the patent yourself, folks. It says, quote, as the customer enters the door of his residence, notice it's in the home, folks, a sniffer placed on the floor near the doorway detects the new RFID tag purchase. This wireless sniffer automatically and continuously emits a signal that searches for an RFID label which it's never seen before. The user's house may contain many sniffers which all wirelessly communicate with the personal computer. A mobile sniffer could even be installed in the user's car and would be able to report the new purchases as the car enters the driveway or garage so retailers get this what so retailers and suppliers can analyze their sales and marketing strategies now wait a second folks how could they do that sniff them in the home unless the RFID tabs were still left on or were somehow still readable after the point of sale I guess you're not supposed to think that's a little suspicious thinking. Oh, but that's not all, folks. The second way they plan on personally tracking us is not just sniffers in the home, but sniffers in the trash. <laughs> this is amazing. Believe it or not, folks, companies are also planning on using RFID in retail to continually track, monitor, and market us by the contents of our trash cans from vehicles equipped with RFID readers that scan the tags as they drive by the house. For instance, I'm not making up, you can check it out for yourself. Bell South has a patent out for a device that's being called, quote, System and Method for Utilizing RF Tags to Collect Data Concerning Post-Consumer Products, whereupon they can collect, sort, process, and sell the data. Oh, they never do that. You already saw it's being done. Sell the data containing our trash with RFID tags still on them. And they say, quote, by combining captured pre-consumer information with post-consumption information, that means our trash, the entire life cycle of an item may be tracked. What? That's right, tracked. This information may be useful to any number of entities, including retailers, manufacturers, distributors, and the like. Grocery stores, pharmacies, and retailers may find it useful to know how long it takes, get this, a particular item to go from being stocked on the shelf to being placed in a waste or recycling receptacle. Now, wait a second, folks. How in the world could they track an item from the store to the trash can, unless, of course, and that's at our house, the trash can, unless, of course, the RFID tests were still left on or were still somehow readable after the point of sale? Oh, but you're not supposed to think that. Anyway, but the third way, you're being too suspicious. The third way they plan on tracking us is with sniffers not just in the home and our trash. They're everywhere, folks. Believe it or not, folks, companies are also planning on using RFID in the retail to continually track, monitor, and market us by turning the... I'm not making this up. You're going to see it for yourself. They're going to turn the whole world into one giant RFID-enabled shopping mall that they call the Real World Showroom. Don't believe me, folks. Watch this next video, this idea in action. They really are going to turn the whole world into one giant shopping mall. They're going to rake in cash like never before. Watch it for yourself. Pay attention. Imagine if the entire world was your personal showroom where you see products in use and you can buy them right there, right away. With the advent of inexpensive radio frequency identification or RFID tags and the ubiquity of mobile devices, the gap between where we use products and where we buy them begins to disappear. At Accenture, our researchers developed a prototype called Real World Showroom. Using wireless PDAs, equipped with an RFID reader, I can query everyday objects around me, such as the tie my friend is wearing. 
Information about the product, such as pricing, availability, and delivery options, is retrieved from a variety of online sources. Click a few options, and the tie is yours. As these tags become pervasive, products will start to advertise themselves, and those products' owners will become sales channels. For instance, if I buy a friend's tie, he could receive a sales commission for that sale. But Real World Showroom is more than a shopping tool. It's a way to find out everything about a product. By scanning a data tag on a used car, for instance, you could see if it's been involved in an accident, how many times it's been sold, or get a certified odometer reading. Scan a stereo, and you could see a supply chain history to make sure it's not a gray market item. Real World Showroom is an example of what we at Accenture like to call silent commerce. In the future, more and more commerce will be conducted between people and objects in real time and in real world situations, not just at the store or on the web. Wow. Can you guys believe that? But that's right, folks. I don't know about you, but it sure appears to me, man, somebody really wants to turn the whole world into what? One big, giant shopping mall with RFID, right? So wait a second. How, how can they do that? How can that guy scan the, the, his uh, friend's tie to buy it unless, of course, the RFID tags were still left on or were still somehow readable after the point of sale? Isn't that a little suspicious? And these are actual things they're working on? And folks, I don't know about you, but I think it's obvious if these companies get their way with RFID in the retail world, we are headed, folks, for one of the worst invasions of privacy the world has ever seen. How about you? But that's right, folks. I'm not the only one who sees it coming. So does this news, secular news agency. Pay attention to their report. You know, it just seems like a fact of life these days. Well, this, you know, that you are watched when you don't even know it sometimes. Yeah, and now to the latest front in the invasion of privacy. We take the debate to the edge of the newest technology. Hello, Toronto Tonight viewer. They know where you live. They are Reason, an American magazine. And when the next edition is delivered to subscribers, readers will get this personalized message along with an aerial picture of their home right on the cover. The public match their subscriber list to publicly available photo maps to create an issue that's customized to every reader. They're celebrating the death of privacy. Of course, not everyone is cheering. The Internet, telecommunications technology, cell phones, all these technologies have the capability of tracking your activities, your whereabouts, your movements, and placing you at certain positions at times. So surveillance has expanded dramatically. We all know we are watched pretty well everywhere we go. Maybe it's worth it for a safer city, but is it worth it for more convenient shopping? Because in this digital age, every time money changes hands, we already leave a little piece of our digital DNA, numbers that tell a story of who we are, what we're like. But what's the next step? Imagine a world where everything you buy, from the clothes on your back to a bottle of cough syrup, can be tracked wherever it goes. Well, imagine no more because that technology is already here. In the near future, this chip will be embedded in every product you buy, storing product information and locating it at an exact time and place, from manufacturing to distribution to the retail store. The chip that replaces barcodes. You put a chip on an item, and then you go about your normal business, loading it onto, onto, onto trucks or passing it onto your shelves, and every time it moves by an antenna, it gets scanned, regardless of orientation. The inventory control benefit is obvious. Real-time updates on what's selling, what isn't. That's why these executives from around the world are so excited. 
through the whole supply chain, um, you're going to see a 20% savings in labor. You're going to see an 80% reduction in staff. But here's the potential problem when you bring it home, because the chip doesn't ever really stop transmitting information. The ability to track an individual consumer with a variety of products that they've purchased and the ability to aggregate that information and develop profiles on the kind of purchases that that individual has made, it grows exponentially. RFID is now being adopted by Walmart, but another company, Benetton, aborted its plans to use RFID because of privacy protests. So clearly the jury is out. So you go into a lingerie store, you go into a condom store, you, you can paint the picture, and then link that to the kind of position I might have as a public official or a school teacher or there could be enormous abuses of that information. Of course, there is another side to the story. Think about um, tagging pets and getting your dog back even though there's no collar. Think about lost children. Your child's movement could be tracked minute by minute in a world where scanners are everywhere. Perhaps that's privacy well worth giving up. But remember, when privacy's lost, it's lost forever. Wow. Yeah, gone forever is the key word there. Now, folks, why? Here's, here's my whole point. Why in the world would a reputable news agency be reporting on the dangerous privacy and tracking concerns of RFID unless, of course, maybe there really is some dangerous privacy and tracking concerns with RFID? Anybody can get that without any help? <laughs> but that's still not all, folks. What most people don't realize is that coupled with other invasive databases, the deployment of RFID very well, folks, could lead to a system much like the one that's already been implemented by the Dutch government on their people on January 1st, 2007, next year. That's being called by people the Cradle to the Grave database. Get this, where all citizens will be given an electronic file containing all kinds of personal information like health, education, family, police records, etc. to supposedly help identify what? Potential troublemakers. And of course, that's right, reduce crime rates. Quote, the database will be used by organizations to warn each other of a certain person's dubious record on anything from petty thieving to school truancy. Red flags will be raised if an individual is thought to pose a significant risk of criminality. That's right. Child Protection Services, get this, will say, hey, there's a, there's a warning flag from the police. There's another one from school. There's another one from the doctor. Something must be going on. It's time to call the parents in for a meeting. That's right, we say so. And they also say, quote, once a child is registered on the database, there will be issued a citizen service number, making it easier for authorities to keep track of them, uh, even if their families move around the country from what? From birth until death. Wow. Now, folks, I don't know about you. Maybe it's just me, okay? I'm a little bit uh, fired up today. But, but I really think it appears to me somebody is planning on using this RFID technology in the retail industry, not just to monitor the products in the world for inventory purposes, but what? It's clear the whole goal is for uh, monetary purposes as well as tracking purposes, possibly from the cradle to the grave. And hello, folks, you saw for yourself, hello, this was a, some sort of weird, wacky conspiracy theory, right? You saw and you heard for yourself on the cliff. <laughs> That's precisely what these people are not just planning on doing, but in some cases, they're doing it right now, whether you realize it or not. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of thinking that's a little bit of a dangerous deployment of this kind of technology. How about you? 
But that's right, folks. That's not all. The second area, RFID, is right now, folks, being deployed is in the what? That's right. This is scary, folks. The food industry. It's being deployed in the food industry. People, believe it or not, I'm telling you, you ain't seen nothing yet. These people not only want to monitor and control all the products in the world, but they want to do it to all the food in the world. Whoa, hey, that's kind of hard to say no to somebody when they have the power and to be able to control food, maybe even right down to whether or not you can buy or sell it. And where have I heard that before? That's right, you guys are on the ball. Revelation chapter 13, the mark of the beast coming down the pipe. We'll get to that next time. Let's go ahead and pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get a Life International, and I hope you enjoyed today's message. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today, that you go to heaven and not hell? Well, before you answer that, let me share a couple of things with you. The great news is that the Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins if we would believe in Him and what He did, and so that we would not perish, but have eternal life. But there's a problem. It's the greatest problem of all. It's called sin. And because of that, man is on one side and God is on the other. And you see, throughout history, many people have tried to restore this relationship with God and get rid of the separation through various means. Some people have tried religion, but that falls horribly short. Some people have tried good deeds, but that never works and you never know how many is enough. Some people have even tried man's wisdom and philosophy, but that doesn't work either. You see, the Bible simply says, folks, that we've got a problem with our heart. And we have a hole in our heart that we try various ways to fill. Some of us try filling that hole with money. Some of us, maybe a life of pleasure or, or people or power or fame or, or maybe even drugs. But folks, that hole that's in our heart is a God-shaped void. And only God can fill that hole. That's what we're longing for in life is a relationship with our Creator. You see, this is the good news. This is what the Bible says. What can bridge the gap between man and God? There's only one remedy, and that's the cross of Jesus Christ. People, if you would today entrust your life to Jesus Christ and the work that He did on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins, the Bible says you're on your way to heaven freely as a gift from God, and you just entered into a relationship with your Maker, the Creator of the universe. It really is true. Hey, if God right now is tugging at your heart, and if that's something that you would like to do, then please pray after me. Now, there's no secret formula. There's no abracadabra or uh, open sesame. The important thing is that you mean it from your heart. Remember, God is interested in a relationship, not a religion. If you read the Bible, it clearly says God hates religion. He wants a relationship. That's why he sent Jesus. But if that's you, then maybe pray something like this after me. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I am not perfect. And I never will be. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me on that cross and rose again for the grave to take me to heaven. I trust in you and you alone, Jesus, 
to get me to heaven. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, folks, if you just prayed that prayer, and you really meant it from your heart, I want to be the first one to congratulate you. Welcome to God's Forever Family. We want to thank you for tuning in. On my world,